This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Winks, Regulon available on the outside. Spurs have lots of players in the penalty area. And Lucas Moura's there. Can he tuck it away? Melier's off his line. Hoybier! It's in for Spurs! Pierre-Emil Hoybier gets it! 1-1! Eric Dyer. Oh, off the post and in! And there to meet it! For this first goal for Spurs, it's Sergio Regulon! Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We do hope you can be very, very safe and well. Thank you for joining us as many of us, I'll say quite a few of us are coming to us back live from the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium as Conte's Tottenham turn a game on its head. We've got a great, great amount of guests here to talk you through what's been a wonderful, oh, 94th and a bit minutes at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Probably discount the first half. We're going to come on to that in a second. If you're listening to the show for the very first time, you can find us on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're on Audio Boom. Across a range of different social media platforms. We're, of course, on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. We're on Facebook and Instagram too. And um, Lee McQuinn, we're watching this back, I know, tomorrow morning. He's also live on YouTube in an Uber. Um, we thought Crackers <laughs> a couple of weeks ago was the man on the plane to a train station. But Lee is trying the premium upgrade as we stand. Delighted to have, like I say, my co host joining me in what's an Uber at the moment. Lee McQueen, lovely to have you here. Lee, can you hear us? How are you? Rick, guests, uh, viewers, listeners. Absolutely loving it. I mean, I am in transit and I have had a few beers, I'm not going to lie. But what a game of two halves tonight. The first half, absolutely Nuno. The second half, absolutely Antonio. And I can I tell you, wait. we can't wait evenly. It's going to be one of those nights. As I say, just to Lee's words there, as he said there, first half Nuno, totally second half Antonio Conte. We're going to come on to that, but we're also delighted to be welcoming back. Um, firstly, a returning guest to the show. Been a while since we've caught up with him. Double, double Paralympic, uh, Paralympic 200 metre gold medalist, as we know. Marathon record holder, ran 40 marathons in 40 days. We've got the great Richard Whitehead, MBE. Rich, lovely to have you back. God, did that feel good, Rich? Oh, the last 45 minutes definitely did, but the first 45 minutes, oh, 
Oh, dear. It was an absolute ball ache. But, yeah, I'll tell you what, the second 45 minutes and the passion from the bench and on the pitch really made me think the future's going to be bright under Antonio. Amen. Oh, There's honestly so much excitement right now. Comments are going absolutely ballistic. We're going to share as much as we can. Um, also, please be handing out a debut on the last word on Spurs. What a time to make your debut during the Antonio Conte era with a win. Got a massive smile on his face. Delighted to be welcoming the author of Fake Away and Good Food as well. The great Chris Bavin joins us. Chris, lovely to have you here. How much yeah. are you enjoying Conte ball after that? Yeah, it was brilliant, wasn't it? It was, the, you know, like that old footballing cliche. It was definitely a game of two halves, wasn't it? It was as bad as I've ever seen, I think, in that first half. And then there was spells of that second half. You thought we could be watching, you know, prime Pochettino Tottenham. You know, it was it was fabulous, wasn't it? You know, so, yeah, hopefully we can build from that. And, yeah, fingers crossed. This is this is the start. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, the, my WhatsApp's going. You've not, what, like, you know, don't get too excited, you know. You know <laughs> Tottenham baiting's already in full effect, you know, but uh, but yeah, brilliant. Honestly, I tell you, um, the excitement already under Antonio Conte, bearing in mind what we're 180 minutes into the Premier League, and I can tell you at half-time, there was a lot of people around me saying, is this for real? Is Gary Megson took charge here? But uh, listen, we're going to hand the reins over to the crazy Conte train man himself, Lee McQueen. Lee, Antonio Conte, although he's, uh, he's completely gone black there, we'll see if he can hear us. Lee Conte gets his first league win as Tottenham boss as they come from behind to beat Leeds United by two goals to one. Spurs now up to seventh in the Premier League, just four points off the top four. And with what happened this morning at Old Trafford with Man United and obviously Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, getting Antonio Conte on board, my God, looks very timely right now. What do you think, Lee? Huge. Absolutely massive. And when you look at that 3 0 defeat against uh, Manchester United a couple of weeks ago, you look at that and you think, well, we was embarrassing, we was a disgrace. But what a blessing in disguise. Because I tell you what, if we'd have beaten them, Nuno would still be at the helm. And they'd have Antonio Conte. I mean, sliding doors moment, maybe Levy's got lucky, who knows. But at the end of the day, we've got him. And wow. I mean, gave me two halves tonight. Like we all said, first off, I was I was sitting there and I'm, look, I'm at, I'm at the game tonight. I'm... I'm Really appreciate that. It's going to be one of those shows. <laughs> it's going to be one of those shows so far. But, you know, there's not many people that stop Lee McQueen midway, but an Uber has managed to do it. They've, they've been trying this for years, you know. They finally got him at this point. We're going to say, say try and get Lee back. As you can see, the, uh, the dulcet tones of the man stop there midway. Rich, let's come to you because for Spurs, that's a first training week for Conte, who remains unbeaten. Uh, the first off we joked off air, uh, Rich, would have maybe not looked out of place for Nuno, but Spurs rallied after the interval, played really well second half. What was your thoughts overall on that performance against Leeds United at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? Yes, yeah, so obviously at the start of the game, I was expecting obviously Conte to really push on with the players, high energy. After listening to um, Antonio at the end of the game today, he was very apprehensive about the energy levels of the players, only only working with them for three weeks. So I think that's why, obviously, he was very conservative in the first half, really just trying to work out how Leeds were going to set up. Obviously, Calvin Phillips dropped back into defence. Uh, I think Antonio had to change his um, tactic, tactical prowess at half-time half to up the pace, Obviously, the goal just before half-time was a bit of a kick in the teeth. But also, we came back in the second half with a lot more energy drive. And I think we were unlucky, to be honest. Obviously, Kane hit the post. Obviously, Son with a crossbar. And then, obviously, the two goals. It summed up our season, really. We've, um, we've had some good 
good play um, generally through the season, but been very flat in periods. And I think the second half, if if Antonio can work with the players that he's got, and he's obviously got to work with the players until the January transfer market, until he puts some of his own kind of players into the team. I think if he can work with the players and and move those players forwards, then there is some still nuggets of players that we you can actually work with. But there's a lot of room for improvement. I said under Jose Mourinho, we were a bag of crap apart from uh, Kane and Son. I think under Nuno, we were just going backwards. But I've really got, um, I've really got some high hope for the team moving forward. But it's going to take some time. Indeed, I completely agree with you, Rich. You know, we're in in a, in a process here, aren't we? And we all know it's not we done overnight. I think patience is going to definitely be key. Um, let's come around to you, Chris, because it was a much better second half from Spurs. And I think you know we could see in terms of a direction what we're trying to do. There's still lots of work. Don't get us wrong, but you know, Antonio Conte, he turned to all corners of the ground, throwing his hands up in the air repeatedly at full time, imploring the Spurs fans to keep on raising the noise. Also, five minutes before, um, it definitely got a reaction. And also, what I have to pick up on the fact is that you know Spurs also outrunning leads by 112 kilometers, you know, to 108 kilometers. Now, and interestingly, the average kilometers run under Nuno was just 100. So that tells you the difference, I think, in terms of the mentality, the drive, the focus, the energy. See, Rich there, we'll come on to Rich on that point as well there. But Chris, a real different side of top in that second half. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sort of in terms of everything, in terms of, you know, getting closer together, supporting each other, you know, that the work rate was 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 evident. But not only that, there was that spirit and belief that has been sorely lacking for a long time. You know, it's been a long time since I've seen a, a Spurs team roll their sleeves up and fight. For, for each other and for the team and, and for everything, you know. So to see that change is, is absolutely brilliant. You can definitely see what he wants to implement. I'm not, you know, listen, I don't know as much about football as Antonio Conte and will not claim to, but it feels to me that there is, you know, I know he loves that whip, but we, we saw some real problems with that formation in, in that first half, didn't we? You know, it's basically, you've got a load of players down the left, a load of players down the right, a massive great big void yeah. in the middle, and, and, it, and it just causes you problems. So having said that, even in the first half, as bad as it was, I don't think Leeds really troubled us. Obviously, they scored the goal right at the death, uh, and they had a couple of long-range shots. But before that, actually, I thought, you know, we, we sort of kept them, you know, pretty tight. We, we, we looked pretty good. We looked pretty solid. On the back of going to, to Everton and, and getting a, a goalless draw, which, you know, there's not many teams will do that. You know, Everton away is, is a tough, tough game that, that some big teams will come unstuck uh, up there. So I think, yes, yeah, it, it really looks positive. And, and, yeah, fingers crossed. My only, one of my reservations is Tottenham aren't notoriously fond of tough love are they those, those boys you know it yeah. might be all right for a little bit but you know they, mm-hmm. they prefer cuddles and carrots than than kicks up the backsides and sticks don't they so you know we'll have to see how that plays out but yeah it, it's all good yeah two at cuddles lee we'll attempt to come around to you you're doing your best crackers impression so far i must add um huge hugs from conte to his staff and the spurs players on the bench at full time and he was absolutely buzzing and the energy that Conte radiates for me is just quite phenomenal. I know people are going about Klopp and I, I don't think in Conte's in full mode like that. I don't think any other manager comes close to him. Uh, very important win for Spurs, we said, up to seventh now, four points off the top four. And Lee, I know you love a stat. So what I just said to Chris there, um, which I know we kind of lost you on, was Spurs also outrunning leads by 112 kilometres to 108. And the average under Nuno was just 100. Could you see the difference, Lee? in Conte's mentality, that half-time team, that really you feel, pardon the pun, spurred on top them in that second half? 
De- definitely in the second half. I mean, you know, when when you look at the first half, you're thinking we're passive, we're Nuno, we're, we're backwards, we're sideways. Winks is getting a lot of flack from the from the crowd. Hoiberg's getting a lot of flack from the crowd as well. Rick, let's be honest, we we were both there, and and we wasn't really dynamic. We wasn't that dynamic in that first half. In that second half, whether or not they've got a hairdryer from Antonio Conte uh, to use a uh, pun from Sir Alex Ferguson base. I don't know, but but ultimately we've come out in the second half and we've run more than Leeds, and Leeds are, are renowned for running more than any other side. So, yes, you can see a difference. You can see what you're trying to do. I agree with Chris. I agree with Richard. That there is there is seeds of of green, if you like. We're growing. I'll be honest with you. I was a little bit disappointed with how we come out in the first half. I mean, there's 62,000 people there at home today. And I'm thinking we're going to go out, start like a train, not a crazy train, but we were, start like a train and go at them. And, and we really didn't, did we? We were very flat for probably, what, 20 minutes or so, lads, uh, listeners, viewers. So I, I just felt that we had to try and grow into the game. But massive character to come back from 1-0 down to go to where we were. I thought the second half, we were very, very good. Yeah, uh, like I say, uh, on the screen there, I don't know if you can read that, Lee. Jay met them in. I don't even see the comments. Lee starring <laughs> fake taxi. I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> the way this show goes, Uno and Lee's going to end That's up. That's another we'll podcast. <laughs> Definitely after this one. That might be after, after the outbreak. Um, we should all pretend we don't know what that means, shouldn't we? We're like, yeah, we're, we should all pretend. Yeah, we're, we're definitely not going to come on to the meaning of that one. That could just stop the whole podcast taking a completely different direction. Um, I must, I say, throw to some listener uh, statements we've had in here. Uh, Nikki at Highland Spurs watching now. Nikki, one of our own, thank you so much. He says, much in a win. Nice to see some of the players improve so much from the first half. How can we not be excited when you see the passion pouring out of Antonio Conte at the end? Mark Butcher says, like one of our own, Jason McGovern, amazing when you play from foot football, what a difference it is when you look when you compare it to, let's say, um, Spurs in general. The highlight for me, apart from my beer at halftime, was Conte's 90 minutes of non-stop passion. Love it. Definitely the right guy for Spurs. Stormy Walters says, were we entertained? Anyone else happy seeing Dyer step up, take a free kick and not Harry Kane? Not the display I was hoping for, but my God, we had fight. So I've not seen from this team in such a long time. Yes, I was entertained. Gavin at Gavin Spurs says, good second half today and so much improved play. But I really think Spurs need another top forward to push Son and Kane at our midfield, which is still a massive issue. Always like Hoybier, but I'm worried he doesn't have the quality on the ball that we need. Not sure any of our current midfielders do as well. Kurt Butler says, definitely more games like this to come. Come on, Lee. Come on. Go for it. Come in, Lee. I was just about to say, just just on that on that listeners' questions there, right? Because I love I love the listeners' questions. You know I do. But on Hoiberg today, first half, I was saying like, what are you doing? Second half, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was absolutely yeah, it was machine, superb. Yeah. Scored the goal. He re- he was winning, Rich, and he really lifted everyone. And he said like, if you want to come, let's go, let's go. And he was yeah. he was the Viking in that second half. And you know, and a lot of people criticising. I totally agree. And a lot of people criticise Hoiberg this season. And that's, you know, sometimes that's fair, sometimes that's not. But that second half, he deserves praise. I thought he was absolutely superb. Yeah. Uh, as you know, we are going to come on to about Hoiberg personally very shortly. And Rich, I want to come to you actually just to talk about the mentality. Because, Rich, in terms of, it wouldn't be right to read out that sound about the kilometres covered there and not come to you, bearing in mind this is your forte, right? <laughs> what, what do you make of that for you, Rich? You know, you look at that distance covered in comparison to what it was averaging under Nuno, just 100 uh, kilometres covered in general for football players. Does it surprise you just how quickly there has been that mentality shift from the players? 
Well, I think obviously the three weeks that Conte's worked with the players, he's told them all they need to put a shift in. And it just shows how passive the players were under Nuno. Um, and I think it's really important that we are on the front foot when we are playing and we're, um, we're pressing as high as we can, like we were under Pochettino. It was that high press and go after the teams and, and be brave. I think under Nuno, we were just waiting to be um, beaten. I think Conte's work ethic is, look, come with me, guys. I'm going to show you how much energy I've got. You need to replicate that. And I did see a couple of comments in the uh, in the chat saying that some of the substitute players weren't as energetic to give Conte a hug. And those were the, the guys that Antonio is going to want to step up now. And if they want a place in the team, they have to train harder than the other players that they want to take. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I think that's a really important point to make there on Conte. And, you know, I think a lot of people, Rich, when you discuss there what you say about the element of the mentality, and um, we have to say this is a process. It isn't going to happen over the course of, you know, of one game, of two games. We saw today, just that first 45 minutes, the amount of people around me, and um, this is a typical Tottenham thing, right? And all Spurs fans will notice watching this, um, the groans that we have, the moans that we have after 45 minutes, and then the pure adulation, excitement <laughs> at full time, the ecstasy. Yeah. You cannot compare both those elements. Now, um, ahead of the game, um, we saw Spurs obviously change the team up slightly um, in what was obviously, of course, Antonio's first Premier League home game of his era at Spurs. He had to make adjustments to the team following an international break. That had not been too kind to Spurs. A couple of injuries, as we know, a few knocks and bumps on top of Oliver Skip's suspension as well. Uh, Skip was replaced by Harry Winks in the centre of that pitch alongside Pierre-Emile Hoybier, with Winks making his first Premier League start for Spurs since that defeat at Crystal Palace in September, which, let's not lie, we've all forgotten now. We don't want to remember what that defeat looked like. Um, Conte was also without Christian Romero following the 23-year-old defender um, injury he suffered on international duty in Argentina. Our understanding at the moment with Romero is that he should be fit for Stade René, but I must just say, um, listen, Spurs' medical predictions and, uh, have never really been precisely on point, so it's one we have to keep an eye on. Javit Tanganga stepped in to take his place on the right-hand side of that back three. Lacelso returned from international duty with a little bit of a knock and missed out on the matchday squad. And Dombele, who in the week, Conte said, has to work hard on everyone else, remained on the bench. Also on the bench were Steven Bergwijn, Brian Hill, Ryan Sessegnon. Um, Chris, has come to you. When you saw the team, was there any concerns when you saw the likes of Davis winks in the side for you? No, not, not massively. Not in that formation that he wants to play, to be fair. Obviously, with, with Reggie in front of, of Davis, you know, he's only got arguably one job to do and, and he can do that. I think if, he, if he's playing a back four, you know, with Davis, I think you, you see that, you know, there's that reluctance to get forward or it certainly has been. But even in the second half, he was overlapping. He was putting in the yard yards and, and doing some, some great running and stuff, uh, you know. There's, there's that sort of Tottenham fan in you that, that loves Winks, loves Delhi, you know, wants them to do well, you know, just egging them on the whole time. It is a mixed bag um, from, from Harry at, at times, I think. But, you know, I, I, I think him and Hoiberg were too exposed in that first half and they were being pulled everywhere. They were being pulled left, left, right. <laughs> uh, they were being pulled, pulled around too much. I mean, they barely got out their first, you know, they barely got out their, their half. In, in the first sort of 20, 30 minutes. Um, but in that second half, you saw both Hoiberg, you know, for the goal and other times, and Winks, you know, arriving into into their penalty into their penalty box, which which is great, you know, and, and we need to see more of that. I think there is still that little it's indecisiveness on the ball from our midfield players sometimes. You know, I think they look for that pass, 
Oh, you know, we never picked the first pass. Oh, but we, we started to in the second half. But in that first half, you still see that that sort of diver and delay, that that sort of you know reluctance or that hesitation to 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 release the ball and then invariably goes backwards, doesn't it? You know, I think we can transition from the the, the final third of the pitch to our goalkeeper quicker than any team I've ever seen. We should try and you know, tell him the pitch is the other way around, and we'd totally be agree. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, it's, I think you know, no, no real concerns, and we've sort of seen bits and pieces of that team. You know, we've seen that you know that back three. You know, well, we've certainly seen Davies be part of it anyway. Dyer, I thought played really well today. I thought he had a solid game actually, and in that first off, he was the only one bringing that ball out. But arguably because he had no one in front of him till we got to Kane. But but he was driving that forward, and and you know I think he had a good game. He, he he didn't do anything wrong. Didn't put a foot wrong defensively and offensively. You know he was he was trying to you know get us through those transitional plays and and, and build from the back. And and I thought he did really well at that. Yeah, Lee, let's come to you live and direct from that Uber. And um, I can confirm we hope he's going in a straight line because um, I think he wants to hit hit base at some point. You know. Um... Lee, interestingly, uh, that first half, I'm I'm keen to get your thoughts on it because you are one of the most positive guys that you know is on this show that we've done this show for the last three or four years. Can you tell us your emotions, Lee, of that first half performance? Uh, bearing in mind when you look at it, looked at it, you know it was um we're going over four four and a half hours, Lee, of that shot on target in the Premier League over the course of three or four games. I mean, what, what's your thoughts on that in general? That first half performance. I've got an interview. I've, I've got to give a few shouts out of it straight away, right? So Alex, who I met on a coach. Yes, I was on a coach. Right? I couldn't, you couldn't make that up. I'm not even ever on a coach, but I was. And I met Alex, right? So fair play to Alex. He come down to, from Oxfordshire, where I live, to the game today. I met a couple of people in the in, in the Beaver Town as well. And they were talking about exactly what you just said about you know like the uh, you know coming out in the first half and can we do them sorts of things, um, you know. And and I, and I just think that like tonight um, or. This, this afternoon, I thought I thought we were very very passive in the first half, and for me, I just wanted to see us go for it. Like sometimes, you know, sometimes you've got to be brave. I feel I feel that we needed to be braver. At times, you could see that we were setting up as a three-four-three, but we looked like we had a back five. You know, I sit in two-five-two, right? Uh, row forty-eight, right? In two-five-two, so we, we've got quite a um, a high. Uh, stance, if you like, on the game, like when you see it live, and you could see it blatantly. We were dropping back in the five in in the first half, and in the second half, we were we were playing the back three, and we were playing with wing backs. I mean, Regulon obviously scored. Emerson very very high up the pitch, so clearly it was it was a message that Conte had been trying to get to his players and and wanted to get to the players. Throughout the throughout the training sessions that he's had with the you know during the international break or whatever, but actually couldn't get through to the second half. So I just think that I don't know. It was a game of two halves tonight, Rick, wasn't it? Like to be honest, it was a game of two halves where where the first half we were Nuno, like I said at the beginning of the show, and the second half we were Conte, and it, it was it was nice yeah. to see. Service was weak yeah. as well, I think today though, wasn't it? I it was it really was. That it line really was quite weak. Yeah. I think that's one thing, Rich, to, to actually come to you on that point, because um, that first half, although looking at it, it, we wasn't playing well at all. You, you have to pick up on that point, the lack of service into Kane, the, the lack of, you know, any real movement was my real frustrating thing here. And I know, of course, there's been people shouting, well, hold on, you've got Hoybier and Winks as your midfield duo. And I totally agree that if you haven't got a Lacelso or an Ndombele, who is going to be that creator? And I still think for Conte, that is going to be a big, big 
problem for him to solve. And I know we've got the January window coming up, and I know I get carried away on, obviously, transfer windows. But I do think for Conte, when we've got this run of games now, I think, was it 14 games in 40 days? Ain't crazy. And the amount of cup competitions we're in, he is going to have to find a solution to that. Now, um, Leeds, they did open the score well, before half-time. Rick, Rick, just quickly on that. Just quickly on that. I mean, I do. I love you love a transfer, right? But I think we've got 13 games before New Year's Day. Ten of them in the Premier yeah. League. One we've already, we, one of them we've already done, and then we've got three cup games. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, we've got three points today, and it's about moving on to the next one, and the next one, and the next one. Yeah. We, we should be getting another three, another three, another three. We, we should be in a very, very good position. Look, on paper, nothing's played on paper. I mean, Burnley are playing well. But we should go to way to Burnley and go and start pick up points, shouldn't we? At the end of the day, we should be in a position whereby we come into that West Ham quarter final, which I think everyone's earmarking, with, with a different focus. I mean, three three weeks ago we were playing West Ham; they're going to beat us. Now, six weeks in advance, we, we hope that we're going to beat them. If we right? progress, exactly. though, we need to progress exactly. as a team. I think exactly, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Rich, on that point, though, um, in terms of the goal, we can see just before the stroke of half-time, Emerson getting beaten far too easy by Harrison. Yeah. At the back post there, James, to get in between Davis and Regulon to fire home. I think Lucky it's fair to say that... It was, wasn't it? I mean, but, but do you, would you yeah. say, Rich, you know, we deserve nothing for that first half, the way we played? Were, were Leeds in credit of that lead for you? I think we had um, one half chance, didn't we? Where I think yep. uh, Regs crossed it in and then Cooper just flicked it on when Haru was just going to knock in at the far post. I think that was the only only chance we had. Um, so we didn't really deserve to come come away with anything in that first half. I think it's shocking, really. And I think we're far too deep. Uh, we need to push on. If we've got those wing-backs, we were playing as a back five for like 30 minutes. Um, and then obviously you've got your holding midfielders. So that's why they had so much of the ball. Um, and then for them to get that, that, that goal, as Chris said, on um, 45 minutes... It was a bit of a kick in the teeth, but I think it was a, a kick in the in the balls that the players actually needed. And they, they responded because I think what Conte was saying, look, we're going to go for it this half. Look, we've had three weeks training. I believe we can kind of, our energy levels can cope with this pressing play we're going to do now. But Harry Winks, you need to be pushing the ball forwards, not back to Dyer. The amount, I bet the first half he must have passed the ball to Dyer about 25 times. He needs to be looking forward for those for those uh, for movement of uh, of Sonny and uh, Lucas, not like back. Come on, be, move the for- ball forward. But definitely in the January market, I think um, Conte is going to sprinkle his, uh, his his gold on the team, and we're going to get somebody in that's going to transform the midfield. I think. Oh man, I hope you're right, Rich. I hope you are, uh, Chris. To come over to you, Spurs booed off at half time, forty five minutes, which offered again another reminder of the scale of the job Conte's got to face. Another half with no shots on target. And in little ways, we discussed real no cohesion, uh, structure, any organisation to the team. And um, how concerning was that when you see that stat for you there, Chris, at half time? You know, uh, 225 minutes of Premier League football. That's uh, over four hours and 21 minutes of, yeah, again, no shot on target. Was you really concerned going into the break that we wasn't going to come out all firing guns on the second half? No, do you know what? I don't think at any stage, even in that first half, you sort of think like, we can't carry on like this. Like we will find a, uh, we will find a couple of gears to go through. We will find a little bit of form. You know, the, the, I think up front, it's 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 almost unbelievable that we that we went that long without scoring. When you think about the talent that we have actually got, I mean, Kane scored more goals or nearly scored more goals in in you know a game and a half of of England 
matches than, than we have mustered up in our whole season almost. You know, it's just bonkers, isn't it? We, so something's obviously wrong there. Obviously, obviously, you know, what happened with, with you know, Harry in the in the summer, obviously, you know, has 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 had an effect. He's obviously had an effect. You know, Sonny, Sonny's missing missing chances that that you would have put your mortgage on, you know, previous years. Um, and it's just not quite clicked, but it won't. No, it's impossible that it won't click at some stage and, and the goals will start to come. I think for me, it would have been great for Harry to get a goal today, Kane. I mean, however, yeah, I, agree however I think actually goals coming from other areas of the team might do him more good because yeah. actually suddenly now, you know, he walks onto that pitch. If I don't score, we don't score. Exactly. Let's less pressure for you spot on. Spot on. Like, that that ways that and, and, and you know he's an he's like he's one of the best if not the best striker in the world you know and we've just seen that England you know what he's capable of we've seen for the past three or four years what he's capable of year after year after year season after season you know for for you know we just need to give him a bit of time a little bit of slack you know it's it, it's obviously been a, a tough time for him um, and. And I think goals coming from other areas, you know, almost two of the most unlikely sources, you know, Bar Reese, maybe, you know, it's. Yeah, um, could have made it. You wouldn't have got, I mean, I don't know the odds would have been before I thought when the second one went in, I thought, yeah. oh, that would have been some, some someone, someone's done well out there today. No, someone's done well out there today. <laughs> but, um, but I think hopefully that starts to take some of the pressure off of, off of Harry. Uh, and then we start yeah. to see a little bit more from him. Um, but yeah, I, it will come. It will definitely come. But that, that, that we need that 10. I listen. I I've been saying for ages, and, and you know, some people think I'm I'm you know I'm stupid, but I play I play Kane as the ten. Play him as a natural ten. He's he, he, he naturally coming back into that role now. Give him that role. But I think the, someone, I think the, I think the problem with that, Chris, is I think Conte will want him in between the two posts, and that's why I play those wing backs. I think it it is going to go like really strong in his wing backs, and if they're not good enough, he's going to change those. And he's going to just want Harry in that box, in between those posts, getting 25 goals a season. That's what he did with the likes of Lukaku at Inter Milan and yeah. he improved him as a striker. So I think he might go that way and he might get a number 10 just to sit sit back to control that midfield, I think. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> look, I think you know Harry playing well, 10, 9, whatever, in between the two is absolutely fine. But I think actually... That's you know, I've how many times have you thought if Kane had someone behind if Kane had Kane behind him supplying him, you know, how many goals would he get? He'd be unstoppable. So actually, you know, if oh, anyway, look, you know, they'll, they'll get what they'll get. Um hopefully, you know, Levy has had to to guarantee Conte some money, otherwise he doesn't come, does he? No, no he, he no, doesn't I, come. No, I mean that's like after what happened in the summers, we know we, we went there in the first place, and you would feel that there's had to be definitely some some promise there that is going to be something in January that's going to really entice him to want to come here and almost build the club back to where it needs to be back in the Champions League, as we all know, back competing again. And um, I think, Chris, your point that you made is a real, real valuable one in terms of goals being contributed from other players on the pitch, because any top side that does go on to whether it be win trophies or ultimately do very well in the Premier League, it isn't all down on one player. It is a collaborative effort where there's goals across the pitch from the wing-backs, from the midfield, from the forwards, from, you know, I say the wingers. So I think, you know, that can only be a good thing today. And of course, Kane, we want him to be scoring as well. Um, but I think it's really important that we make that point, that goals across the pitch 
is never a bad thing. And it does take that pressure off Harry, like you say. Um, just to finish on a couple of listener statements before we take our first break of the show for our listeners on audio. Um, this is from uh, P. Grolsch, who says, first half was terrible, not surprised by the booing, but much improved performance in the second half. I failed to understand why we always have to consider goal before we start pressing our opponents. This is always Spurs, regardless of who the manager's ever been, we know. Um, Wes says, looking forward to seeing what Conte can do once he's had the whole squad properly it was always going to take time with the adjustments of tactics, formation and fitness regime. Good three points today. Completely agree. And um, we are going to go for our first break of the show for our listeners that are on audio. Taking you into this break, you're going to hear from Anna from Spurs XY, who gives us her reaction to the Spurs women that were in action earlier today. Sergio, what a day. <laughs> what a winner. Yeah, of course. We needed it, didn't we? Yes, of course. We need the, the three points. We need a second half like this for... Our mentality, our work. Uh, the last weeks, we did an amazing work, and after in the second half, for sure, uh, we we saw the the thing that every fans want to see. What was said at halftime? No, Conte uh, told us we have to 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 improve our mentality, our efforts, and now uh, it's it's fantastic. Go uh, going this way. Look the team that's fighting in that way. Now, we have to rest now because I'm dead. <laughs> and now we have to recover well for, for, for go to confidently with, with uh, the same mentality that the second half. The celebrations when you scored, I've seen the photos. They're amazing. That meant a lot, didn't it? Send me the picture, please. Eh? <laughs> Send me the picture. You'll see plenty of them, Oh, mate. God, Don't it's worry. my first goal in Premier League. I, I won the ball. It's not a trick, OK, but for me, it's, it's brilliant. Sometimes, in some match, I was close to, to score or assist, but today, I have the, the lucky for the striker, and now I can enjoy. I can enjoy, but I need to rest. <laughs> OK, look, 1-0 down at half-time, and Leeds were playing well, weren't they? What changed in the second half? I think uh, I changed our mentality. The, the, the first five minutes uh, leads and take a lot of corn, uh, a lot of corners, but after that, after the, after the first seven eight minutes, the team is the team that we worked on the on the week, and uh, was fantastic, was fantastic. Yeah. And it was so important to win this game, wasn't it? I mean, it's Antonio's first home game as a, in the Premier League. We really did need, need to win this one, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, for momentum. Yes, of course. Uh, we need to uh, get three points by three points, uh, go back uh, match by match, and I think this is the way, this is the way. And the fans at the end, and, and you, you're clapping the, the fans at the end, and it's just a great atmosphere, and we can take it forward from here now, Reggie, can't we? <laughs> no, the fans was fantastic. We we are with, with them. When, when they say, ooh, we agree. Sometimes we are not playing well, and we need... Uh, and extra support, and that's what they need, and that's what they, and that's the way. Well done tonight. Thank you so much, mate. Antonio, well done. Thank you. I mean, that was such an important win today, and, and to be able to turn it around against a good team like Leeds, that probably give you uh, lots of positivity, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, a lot of, of positive uh, things, and uh, the game wasn't easy. But uh, uh, we knew this because uh, I, I read the, st the stats of, of Leeds, and Leeds uh, was uh, first uh, in the intensity, in the run, uh, and uh, uh, I, I, I have seen a lot of positive things, uh, especially because uh, uh, in the first half we struggle, we struggle a lot, and the tactical aspect, and uh, it, uh, it depends on me. 
and uh, uh, but in the second half we have changed we have changed plan and uh, I asked the players to to go into the pitch and uh, then to 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 go to press to go to press with the intensity and uh, the, the the game has changed totally and um, we must be pleased because uh, um, to have this type of answer is important. Um, I was player and I know very well that uh, the moment is not is not good no? for, 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 for us and uh, to finish the first half uh, one nil down and uh, um, our, uh, our fans uh, um, uh, aren't not satisfied about our performance, you can go down. Instead in the second half and uh, uh, we found the right way and uh, this is very important. This is very important because I, I know that we have a, a lot of space for, for improvement. To get a reaction from what you said at half-time is very important, isn't it? Yeah, but it means that uh, this, uh, this team has character, has personality. And uh, when, when you do uh, this, after the first half, uh, where you struggle a lot, and uh, it means that the, 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 the players, uh, they have character. Uh, I'm happy because I think also in the first half, between the first half and the second half, uh, I, I found the right words. In mm. uh, on one side, tactical, uh, change it, we change it tactically, and also the, the right words for, for the player, because uh, I think in this type of situation uh, it's not good to shout, but to, to have uh, a good chat, to show the confidence, because I repeat, uh, I trust in this player. I trust in this player, they know, they know this. Now uh, we have to continue to work in the way that we are working uh, in these uh, three weeks. We know that uh, on Thursday we have uh, another uh, important games, then uh, uh, another important games in uh, against Burnley. But um, we have just uh, started, started, and uh, um, we need to continue in the in the right way. It's such an important month coming up Antonio isn't it there's lot, lots of games so I guess to win today in the way we've won today we need that don't we because we need the momentum we need the momentum this month don't we yeah I, I think I think this uh, this team uh, these uh, these players you know and also uh, the environment uh, needed of this type of a win because you can win but if you win easy and uh, you don't understand uh, the uh, um, you don't understand the the difficulty, you know, mm. to win. Instead, today uh, we could die. Instead, uh, mm. uh, we show that uh, we don't want. It's a big thing, isn't it? Yes, yes. And uh, I, uh, we must be pleased for this. And uh, this is only a point uh, to start uh, for the rest of the season. For sure, we have to continue to work, and I want to continue to 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 see. Uh, this application, uh, this attitude, uh, this will, uh, this desire of the, the players, and then uh, they have to know that all players uh, are uh, are important for me. And today is good that uh, uh, Wings, no, Wings, the first half he uh, yeah. was uh, in difficulty, but I gave him uh, the, the trust. But not only him. And the second half, yeah, he played uh, well. And uh, it was the same for Tanganga, a good game. And uh, Sanchez, when he came in, Sessegnon, he came back in, uh, yeah. in, uh, in, in the team. 
many positive things. And uh, Harry Kane, that uh, I think to have uh, a world-class striker like him and to see him uh, the way that he works mm. for the team, uh, it's fantastic. It's fantastic and uh, it's a pleasure. Sonny, Lucas Mora, they run a lot, but yeah. the midfielder. Uh, today, I repeat, and, uh, uh, I, I brought with me uh, many important things. The first half, because the first half, uh, it's uh, it's an example that uh, I can uh, I can bring with me when I want to speak with the team. But also the second half. Yeah, yeah well, we love the second <laughs> yeah. half. Um, just <laughs> the, the last one. I thought, I thought what was very interesting, and you talk about mentality. When Pierre scored, he didn't celebrate. He just said, "Come on, let's get back to the halfway line." Yeah. And the, as the crowd was celebrating. We were standing on, ready to go again, weren't we? That was a team that wanted to win, wasn't it? Yeah, but uh, for sure, uh, Pierre, uh, uh, a good mentality, and is uh, is a, a warrior. Is yeah. a warrior, and uh, he understood that uh, uh, one one one. Uh, uh, it's uh, it's not enough for for us. And uh, today, um, it was important to win. And uh, yeah, it's. Uh, it's okay. It's okay, and uh, uh, now we have to, to recover well. Tomorrow, I give them uh, one day on the rest because I promised uh, that uh, if we <laughs> we win the game uh, and uh, tomorrow, I I gave to me one day of rest, not to them. Okay, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and now uh, from um, uh, from Tuesday um, uh, we start to prepare the game. Thursday we we have uh, another important game. We want to go. In the next step, and uh, for for sure, uh, uh, I'll do ro rotation because uh, this player yeah. deserves to play, and uh, I want to to see answer, good answer uh, from all players. Hello, everyone. I'm Anna from Spurs XY, and welcome back to the Spurs Women segment here on the Last Word on Spurs. Now, this will be a short, but unfortunately, not a sweet segment. Uh, as I was at the men's game, I wasn't able to attend today's fixture away at West Ham. And unfortunately, we lost. Um, like the men's game, this was also apparently a game of two halves, according to my sources. And unlike the men's game, we didn't emerge victorious. In fact, we played well in the first half. In fact, we apparently dominated throughout the whole whole of that half and played very well. Good football. We just didn't take our chances. Unfortunately, West Ham did in the second half. They scored in the 69th minute, which we couldn't match. And unfortunately, the game ended 1-0. It's just a little bit deflating following everything that's gone, like with the United and Arsenal games and that incredible Watford game. Oh, my goodness. Not even mentioning that. Um, it would just be amazing if we could have capitalised on that. It's just a little bit... Not, not what I expected, to say the least. Not what I expected. I don't really know how it's come to that. So... Um, I'm a little bit disappointed, but anyway, onwards and upwards. Our next game is uh, quite a while away. There's an international break coming up and then there's an FA Cup weekend coming up. So unfortunately, we won't have the women back in action until the 12th of December, which is an away game at Villa. So yeah, it's quite a big gap, but hopefully it gives Skinner enough time 
to organize a team and hopefully we don't get any injuries from the international break and everything. It's just, both of the men and women, it's just been such a stop-start season. It's just been so choppy with all these international breaks. But anyway, I get sidetracked. So um, unfortunately, there won't be much coverage from me in the next coming weeks. But I hope you enjoyed this little segment. I hope you enjoyed the rest of the show. Kermine, you Spurs. We're going to discuss the second half and Spurs coming back to getting all three points in the Premier League. Um, Lee, let's kick the second half off with you because let's be honest about it. Um, you know, it was almost instantaneously second half that we came out with almost an instant impact. We saw Harry Kane strike the post after a good stop from Mesla and Sonny then striking the bar after a deflection from a tight angle. Lee, from the energy already in the second half, was you confident that Spurs were always going to get back into this game? Yeah, it's weird. Even at half-time, and we had no shots on the target again, and we went 271 minutes without having a shot on target. I was saying to the lads at half-time, I still think we're going to win this football match. I mean, I had us down for 3-1 before the game, and in that first half, you start to worry, don't you? You start thinking, hang on, are we going to be able to do that? But like you said, Rick, I mean, the attacking intent in the second half was, was there for everybody to see, and, uh, and I was confident that we was going to get back into it. I mean, I, I can't believe some of the stats in the first half compared to the second half. I, I don't know what happened in the, in, in the half-time changing room, but they must, he must have been giving them a wallet. Right? Like, viewers, listeners, are you with me? He, he must have, because they come out, they were a different team, weren't they, lads? They were a completely different yeah, team on the front foot, and that's exactly where we needed to be. And it's, it's very frustrating that we wasn't like that from the, from the, from the whistle, from the, from the off. But... It's good, obviously, that we did that in the second half and uh, and end up getting the win and getting the three points. And to be fair, it could have been more, couldn't it? Mm. Most certainly, it did. Now, in that second half, early on, we saw Emma Pills for a penalty, but Felix pulled out a challenge on Son, who went down. I, I saw him in comments. I, mean, I said, I've been in that stadium, so please forgive me. And um, there was murmurs of Son diving. I don't know, guys, if you confirm that or not. He went down very easily. <laughs> you know, I think after four and a half hours of trying to get a shot on target, we were going to take anything, you know, we were <laughs> We were, listen, we, we were going to attempt anything. We were going to try anything to get a penalty at one stage. But um, coming to you, Rich, we did get a breakthrough. We did get our goal. Yeah. Pierre-Emile Hoybier scoring the first Premier League goal of Antonio Conte's reign at Spurs in the Premier League. With a strike from the edge of the box. Um, Laura, uh, Lucas Moura got hold of a loose ball, teed it up. It was a scuff from Hoybier. But listen, at that point, Rich, we just couldn't care who went in, how it got in. It went in, most importantly. Yeah, and his reaction was like key, to be honest, that he's obviously not settling for that goal. Like, let's get back to the um, to start off again and let's go for the win. I think uh, he's the kind of player that's all in. And that's why, yeah, technically, he might not be the best, but he does turn up every game and he gives 110%. And that's what's really important in the team. We've got what we've got at the moment. We can't change that. So Conte's having to work with the players that he's got. He's going to be one of the pivotal players at the moment, one of his spine players that holds up the team. It's great to see him get on the score sheet because leaders need that. And also then to then to push on. We could have three, four today, but I think it's really important not to get like, like obviously we won, but not get kind of, um, yeah, carried away, carried away with it all. It's, it's. Do you know what I mean? That they had so many players out today. Um, you look at the players that they had out. They were under strength, weren't they? I mean, you wouldn't have yeah. my first half, Rich. You think we would have made them world beaters? There was a guy in the army actually at least behind me, and he went to me. He went to me. God, I said to him. I said to him, don't worry. So we make every team like this look like this here. I wouldn't worry about it. I said to him, he said, we're playing well, aren't we? I said, yeah, but look at us. I said, we make every team like this. Look, Brazil at one point in that first half. <sighs> I know and the younger players that had come in to that team, 
they look like established players. And the, the, the thing for me is, when you've got established players in our team and they just don't turn up, Conte's not going to stand for that at all. That'd be, that'd be a mark against their name. They'd be in training working on that. And if they don't improve, they'll be gone in January. And like some of the, the comments, the likes of Winks, I'm a massive Deli Alley fan, but those players, they'd be just be moved on. He'll have, he'll have one or two opinions of a player and if they don't fit in the team, see ya. And and I think that's what we need. We need to clear out some of those players now because whether we're winning or not, Mm. we need to be progressive. And I want us to be challenging for those Champions League places, but at the moment, we need to upskill a lot of our players. Yeah, totally agree. Let's come around to you, Chris, because uh, Lucas did react quickest to the loose ball to find Hoybier, who scuffed that finish into the corner from 18 yards. Um, I think it's fair to say, Chris, doing the show in recent weeks, there's been... I always had a lot of criticism levelled at Hoybier. You know, some mm-hmm. people feeling that, you know, quality-wise, he's not going to be enough for Tottenham. He's not going to be good enough to be in an Antonio Conte system and a first eleven in terms of the future. What's your thoughts on him, Chris, for you? Fresh voice on Hoybier. Where do you oh, sit on that debate with Hoybier at the moment? Sure, I love him. I love him. The same way I love Lamella. You know, they they, they give you everything, you know, and, and you can't ask any more than that. I think some of the issue surrounding Hoybier and why people are probably quick to get on his back. He's being asked to do too much and he's everywhere and he's playing an extraordinary amount of minutes and he's covering an extraordinary, I don't know the stats, but I'd love to see his running versus anyone else's. He's been, because, because we've not been playing well and we've, we've, we've had a lack of discipline uh, and positional sense. He's being pulled everywhere. He's back. Is he doing doing the Daz doorstep challenge? We are there. We're all getting round to him. We're in. We're in. We're in the building somewhere. Um, yeah, I th- I do you know what I love him. He, he, you know, he's he's a roll your sleeves up kind of guy. I think within the right system and surrounded by the right players, he can certainly do a job. I mean, I remember though, like when, but he has to be he has to be surrounded by. You know exactly what he is. He's not that. You know, he's not that creative player. He's not going to be that ball carrier. You know, he's not going to be sort of beating, dribbling past players and beating players. That's fine. You don't need everyone to be able to do that. But you just need to put him in a system that that complements him. Um, and you know, to to be fair, when you put when you, I mean, I think it was Palace. We saw we had Winks, Skip, and Hoiberg all in the same starting eleven. And even my eight year old son, who was nine now, but he was eight at the time, went. That's a recipe for disaster. You know, and, and it was, you know, and so he's got, we've just got to pair him up with the right people um, or the yes. right person, should I say. But I like him. I'll, I've got a lot of time for Hoybieg and, and I think we are a bit too quick to get on his back. I think he's, you know, he's honest and, and he, he gives his all. And that's that's enough for me. And yeah. I think Conte, Conte wants players that he can trust as well and he definitely trusts him. Uh, and some of the other players that won the bench, I think that's the problem at the moment. They're not showing in training that that he can trust them to do a job on the pitch. Mm. And, got, and that's what that's what needs to happen. Rich, out of interest with Hoybier, because I know you as a person, you know, leadership is one of, I would say, one of your most probably strongest qualities from what I can gauge already with you as a person. Do you, you know, would you, would you almost sacrifice sometimes the quality of a player to have that leadership within a changing room, within a team? Because you feel at Spurs, we are... One of the most common things I find when speaking to fans is we are severely lacking leaders. We are severely lacking people that almost get the game by the scruff of the neck and just take us. And you can definitely fit somebody like him in the team, like Mm. like Chris says as well. It's about accommodating players like him. You look at at teams that Conte's had before. He had Bovanovic is his name uh, into Milan, and he yep. was somebody that wasn't yeah, the best. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, wasn't the wasn't the best technically, 
but he was complemented by the likes of Ericsson um, and some of the players around him that enabled him to control the game in that kind of leadership stroke momentum. I think uh, Hoiberg is going to have a, a big role to actually be pushing the players up the pitch. And you saw that when he obviously, when he scored, come on guys, let's go back, let's start again. And I think that's going to be his big role, the leadership, but also about the kind of the momentum in the game, having having those messages from the bench to Hoiberg about how Conte wants to actually play the game. Yeah. Uh, Lee, we're going to see if we can come over to you if we don't mind. I know he's... Uh, you got he's... that scarf off yet? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's nippy outside, it's, it's nippy. Still on, still on. Lee, you touched upon him earlier, Hoybier. Um, You know, thoughts on him today? Because he did, I mean, I would say he probably struggled in that first half, looked a little bit off the pace, but he grew into the game for me as it wore on and pushing the team on, levelled, and you actually saw what it meant to him, that goal. You could see, you know, the, the almost the emphatic lift it gave to the crowd, him as well with a gesture of bringing his hands up. With you... Hoybier, does he still make your first eleven when everybody's fit in a Spurs shirt? I think so, and I, and I think you know he, he is the dustman. Like one of our own crackers said it before, he, he picks up, he mops up, he does all the dirty work, so so to speak. And and I think he's not he's not in the side to make assists or create chances or score goals. And today in the second half, just for his passion and his determination, he did score, and he did he did almost relight the fire, if you like, in the second half. So. I can't understand why Hoiberg's getting a lot of criticism previous to this match. I, I think he's been one of our best players, um, you know, over the last kind of like 12 months, 18 months or so. And, um, you know, he does he's exactly does his job. He, the job that he does is the dustman, which is exactly what Cracker said, didn't he, Rick? Um, you know, a few months ago. It is about doing the, doing the dirty work and just, and, and just pushing it on. I'll be honest with you, like in the first half, he did give the ball away a few times. And I was thinking, come on, come on, Pierre, I need you to be better than this. You know, I want it, you're willing him to do well. The same with Winks. But in the second half, I think there was an, a, a slight adjustment and he started to push on a bit more. The problem in the central midfield at the moment, and we, Conte had this even when he was at Chelsea, um, when he won a title and, and it absolutely, you know, amazing 13 wins on the bounce in the Premier League. He had Kante, he had um, uh, 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 Fabregas, and he also yeah. and he also had Matic. So yeah, exactly. Thank you. And and sometimes he played two holding midfielders in that four, which has been playing with Skip and Hoiberg, and now today again Winks and Hoiberg. Uh, it's not it's not until Ndombele or La Celso or dare I say Delhi can actually start to get up to speed where he can play a more forward attacking player with Hoiberg today was another defensive player so you know you got he he kind of looked at that situation in the second half and said i i think we're crying out today with somebody to take the ball by the scruff of the by the scruff of the horns if you like by the scruff of the neck and say i'm gonna have this game and i think in the second half to be fair hoiberg did that yeah, yeah. it's a fair point and listen hoiberg it's funny because again with spurs fans i speak to he does very much split the opinion. And I'll share another guy that split the opinion also on the goal scoring sheet today, um, Sergio Regulon. Coming over to you, Chris, because Eric Dyer's free kick from 18 yards was deflected onto the post by a head in the wall, and Regulon reacted quickest to everyone in the crowd from close range. And Spurs turned it around. Regulon on the rebound to grab his first ever goal in a Spurs shirt. Yes, we waited this long. And epic scenes of celebrations, Chris, when that goal went in. Yeah, it was amazing, wasn't it? You know, he. he, he... 
he did exactly what you should be doing in that area, you know, following up, gambling, you know, get there. That's what, you know, that's, that's what we tell the kids when they're playing football now, you know, get to the right area, regardless of whether the ball gets there, you know, and, and you know, you'll get, you'll get your rewards. He did that. I think he came out this week and said this was the worst week of his life. I think he's being, he's being worked properly by Conte. Um, I think he was exhausted. He was shattered after the game. He put a great shift in. He switched off for the, for, for Leeds' goal. Um, uh, and, and should attract his runner a little bit better or, or anticipated that he let him get, you know, in between him and, and the goal. Um, but, you know, th- th- that happens. But, you know, he's shown, I think, since he came to us, he's he's shown lots and lots of really positive signs. You know, he puts a properly good ball in as well. You know, that he put that ball on Kane's head. Just, you know, I can't yeah. remember what he's playing. Yeah, yeah right. That yeah. Was yeah, Cooper just flicked it on, yeah. Pinpoint. Yeah. You know, and he's, you know, he's putting, I think it's actually, he's probably put, you know, in terms of the service into that box, which is, which is what Conte's, you know, style is, is going to be. You think that's going to be best coming from, from Reggie's side, really? You know, I, 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 that's what I think anyway. Um, so, yeah, I think, and if he's got less defensive responsibilities as well, hopefully we see, we see a bit more of him, but yeah, no, I, 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 I like him. He's a, he's a good kid. He's, 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 you know, he's, he's, again, he's honest, always got a smile on his face. He's always trying. I tell you who does, Hoiberg is in his ear the whole game. Yeah. Like, he's, he's yeah, I've yeah. Yeah. But that's also a good thing, isn't it? I mean, the fact, the fact that, you know, he shows that he's listening, he's learning. I mean, it, you, we forget regularly. He's still very, very young. Mm. And I also think with a player like that is going to need a lot of coaching. And I'm, I'll be honest here so far, guys, you know, for me with Regulon, um, I would say over the course of the last couple of seasons, I've been slightly underwhelmed because I think when we saw him on loan, um, forgive me where he was at, he obviously won the Europa, Europa League, played very, very well. And he came obviously as a player that Jose signed. And I think you could be fooled thinking you may have got the finished article. And I think the problem is where we had someone like Davis that was very much steady Eddie. We're mm. expecting Regulon to be always be this, this bundle of energy that would burst forward. I think defensively, there's still a lot to his game for me where I feel work needs to be done. And um. You know, Rich to come over to you. I think again, as I say, he struggled in that first half for me. He lost James yeah. for the goal, um, but it was another who improved, you know, markedly in the second half. And you know, as Chris said, some really good crosses as well. Most importantly, reacting to first, obviously to fire home uh, Dyer's obviously free kick from the rebound. And um, for you with Regulon, are you seeing enough where you feel he's going to go on to become a real top player at the cup under Conte? Yeah, yeah, hopefully, hopefully in that that uh, wing back position, um, and I think that's where. He, Conte's going to want him also to contribute with more goals, not just one today. I think he's going to want maybe seven or eight goals a season uh, from those wing-backs. Um, I think, again, the confidence to be able to deliver those balls, whip those balls in, is going to be key to, to Kane. If Kane's in between those two posts, the more service, the better, from the likes of Regus, Emerson, obviously, Moore and, and Sonny. But um, he looks like he's a class player. He's got bags of energy and obviously he's quick as hell. Um, sometimes I want him to get his head up a bit. There was, I think, there was one one opportunity where he kind of came in field, and then Emerson was free on the right, and he, 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 I think he knocked the ball towards I think Harry maybe, instead of actually taking it to the right. And that I think that would have been a very good opportunity for either Emerson or Emerson to kind of hit it across the goal to score. But I think that those are the kind of things that he needs reminding. Get your head up, look at the picture in front of you, and then make that decision. He looks class. Yeah. Lee, let's come over to you back in a, uh, I think back in, is it back in, Lee, just for our listeners to confirm, we're watching this live right now. They've Hello. seen you obviously, uh, at, one point they thought you, at one point they thought you reached destination. We're, we're back on the move again, are we? No. 
Yeah, we're back on the move. No destination. It was like a little bit of a pit stop, if I'm honest. Uh, quick change of tyres. Go stream for those now. Stream <laughs> <laughs> for back, back in Uber to, for the last stint, for the last stint. But yeah, look, I, I totally agree. I totally agree about Reggie. I, you know, I, I, I actually really like him. I think he's a player, especially under this, uh, this manager, the way he sets up the team. Reggie being a left wing. No one cuts the McQueen short. We've had it once. Already. We've got him. We've got him back. No, we haven't. Yes, we have. No, we haven't. Yes, we have. That's a long. We have got Rick comes off. I think I'm thinking. Hang on a minute. Reggie, Reggie's coming off thinking. Well, okay. Well, I've done wrong. He ain't done nothing wrong, but he now knows it. Oh, sorry, dude. You hear me? We've got you. We can hear you now. We've got you. We can hear you. We can hear you. Yeah. I, I was sorry. Just to quickly summarise, I was saying about Reggie. What what I was really impressed about is that obviously he's got he's, he's taken his goal well. He's scored. He, he's uh, he's done really well. Like moving forward, I think in the first half we were like 10, 15 yards below where we needed to be. We needed to push up the pitch. You know, we were playing as a back five. We needed to play as a back three. And in the second half, he did that. What was so impressive about Conte and the team is that he brought Sessignon on. And Reggie's like, hang on, I've just scored my first goal for Tottenham. You'll bring it off. And Great point. Sessignon's yeah. come on. And I was very, yeah. very impressed with that. It's, it's because it is competition for places. It is about, you know, Sessignon's trained all two weeks with, um, uh, with Conte, as is Reggie. And now they're looking at each other saying, oh, right, you're my competition. That's massive, isn't it, lads? Listeners, viewers, that is huge to have that yeah. competition in them situations where he knows his place is not safe if he doesn't put in 100%. And that's what we need. I, I thought it was a good performance in the second half from him. And I'm really impressed to see Session on the pitch as well. Yeah, um, we're going to come on to actually that point you make earlier about Session Young. But um, Chris, after the game, uh, regular notes interview by Sky, said, I'm the most happiest in the world right now. It's my first goal in the Premier League and we get the three points. Now I feel dead, but I'm also so happy as well. And he was actually reflecting on an interview that he gave before the game in which he said um, the last two to three weeks under Conte has been, um, as you would imagine, I think he's been put through the ringer, to put it politely. Um, yeah. Might have been done some of your training, Rich, at one point. Maybe he's been put through some of the, the Richard Whitehead uh, masterclass training. But... Not now. <laughs> oh, not now. Is that, is, that a good, is that a good thing, Chris, that we actually hear from Regan on that they are being put through that brutal session? Because um, for me, some of these players have had it far too easy recently. And under Nuno, I think there would have been an understanding where some of them, there may have been like a lack of directions to what they're being focused on. Conte's put them through a gruelling camp. And quite frankly, we're going to need it, aren't we, Chris? We've got, you know, 13 games in 40 days. Everyone's got to be performing right now. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think Poch had a similar approach to the boys. I think he worked them and worked them hard. And we saw those fitness levels and the way we pressed and the way we worked. And, and we saw the results of that. You know, yes, it didn't yield anything. But do you know what? I could have watched that Pochettino team, you know, regardless of whether we won anything, I could watch that for the rest of my life. You know, it was it was amazing. Um, and then I think we went the other way with Mourinho. They were saying that he, he wasn't working them hard enough. He wasn't hands-on. Actually, you know, if anything, it was too easy. Um, I think... I think Nuno's style was was probably a bit more Mourinho-esque, a little bit, you know, a little bit too easy, a little bit too gentle. No real sort of proper, proper leadership there. You know, no disrespect to him. Seems like a lovely guy. Um, and and now we've gone with Conte, who's right at the other end of the spectrum, and he's, he's working him on. My only concern is that because, you know, he's come in halfway, not halfway through a season, but, you know, 
midway, yeah, midway through the season, mm. that he feels that he's got the, and we have got to play catch up. That he he, he pushes too hard, too quick, and I think yeah. we we saw when when Klopp went to Liverpool, um, and when these these new and 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 Bielsa at Leeds, when when you ask this like incredibly intense work ethic and, and style. It comes with injuries and it comes with fatigue and it comes with problems. So I think they just need to be careful about that. Um, but obviously they've got the, you know, hopefully they've got the best in the business there, you know, guiding them and, and advising them and stuff. Uh, you know, he obviously says nutrition is, is incredibly important. You know, recovery, rest, he's, he's saying all the right things there. The thing I, I'm i really hopeful um, uh, or is that, you know, that we've got some psychological help for the boys. I think that's what Spot we need, on. mentality. Yeah. That, that's what yeah. we need. That's what's been missing, I yeah. think. You know, it's mm. it's it's not a physical thing. Yeah. It's a mentality thing with these boys. Yeah. And, you know, we all love them. We all idolise them. But when the chips are down, some of them aren't quite ready and, yeah. and, and quite prepared and quite there. Um, yeah. You know, so hopefully they're working on that. You know, taking the ketchup and the mayonnaise away, you know, might well be important, might well help. But I hope we've got some, you know, sports therapists and psychiatrists, you know, all of those sorts of, you know, performance enablers and, and facilitators, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, I put well, a laugh out. Rick, <laughs> Rick, just quickly. The just, show uh, should be just, renamed One Night Out with Lee. <laughs> I know. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I just want to interact with Chris here as well. So obviously in the stadium earlier, right? And, and we're looking out for ketchup. There's no ketchup in the stadium, right? So literally, oh, no. you go and buy a pie. I, I, I tell you, Mr. I there was a couple of beers, though. Yeah, there's a couple of beers. There was a few beers going. I can tell you, there's definitely beers so, there. Quick, quick story, right? Off, off the book, and, and I'll be absolutely battered about telling the story. So I've gone up to the bar. I've said, "Can I have four beaver towns, right? Four, four neck oils." And the lady behind the bar is like, "Yeah, yeah, no problem." So she put it on the thing, and I've, I've tapped my card, twenty-six quid or whatever it is. She's gone away. I'm thinking, where is she? Like, it's normally pouring the beer under the glass, right? Like, as everyone knows in the stadium. She's gone off. And I'm thinking, I don't know where she is. Steph's saying to me, where's, where's you go? I don't know. I don't know. And then she comes back five minutes out. She gives us four bovels. <laughs> she's, she's poured us four bovels. Four bovels. I said, sorry, love. I said four beaver towns. She's like, oh, right, sorry about that. Unbelievable. <laughs> so we have four bovels that we was trying to drink. Couldn't make it up. Come on, you Spurs. <laughs> I, I, I love the fact that the content, the content mentality shift's gone all the way down to the supporters. Oh, everyone's on a, so, everyone's on a strict regime no now. No yeah. ketchup, mate. No bovel. I've got to say, the, the irony that I've got Chris Bavin on this show as well, we talk about nutrition and stuff, we talk about healthy eating. I've got Chris on this show as well. You come back out, I mean, Richard is one of the most you know, mentality-minded people I've ever met. And it used, you know, when you put that together, I can't make out. This was also not put together deliberately, I must say. You know, one of those freak panels where everyone seems to put together and it just is the right times for the manager. Um, I must add, guys, uh, there was a VAR check for potential handball against Harry Kane. Nothing given. I think it would be very, very harsh. But um, to touch upon what we were saying earlier, Rich, coming to you, Sessignon. Getting opportunities. First appearance since the second leg these Pachos, which I know we've all tried to forget. That was October 26th and the first in the Premier League since January 2020. And maybe for some it was quite a surprising sub, but really good for him. Um, he replaced the matchman, of course, in Regulon, who got a real standing ovation from the fans. And I think, you know, he got, to be fair to Seth, he got a couple of good opportunities to attack, slung in some crosses. Yeah. I think, would that have done the World of Conference, Rich? Yeah, 100%. He went to Hoffenheim, didn't he, for um, a low yeah. spell. And I, I think he did, from what I read, did really well. Uh, contributed a couple of goals. Also, like, really worked the the wing really well. Um, I think that's really important. But I noticed that it's going to take time with him. Obviously, confidence, moving that ball and, and, and being brave with it and kind of really taking taking those those defenders on. 
Um, I'd like to see him like really progress. Um, he might need to kind of um, like strengthen up a bit. He looks like he's what's name. He looks like he's uh, has been a little bit lightweight before. And I think obviously with getting somebody like Conte that, like Chris said, is going to do a lot of work with them. But they still need to look after those younger players. I think Sessegnon could be a good backup for Regis. Um, and I think he he may be as well, in some games, play them both and then interchange them, maybe on that side, just to give them a little bit of uh, competition. Um, my worry is, is obviously he had had plenty of injuries before. Let's just make sure that we don't go down that route of, of battering the players and then having half the team injured. Yeah, that's a good, that's a fair point. Um, Chris has come over to you. Thoughts, Chris, for you on Ryan Sessegnon? Because um, it's fair to say that we've definitely not seen the best of him in a Spurs shirt. I think we've barely seen him at all, really. Um, a no. player that, you know, when he came from Fulham, there was real high hopes about what he could go on to achieve. He was a player that, as we know, uh, was heavily linked with the likes of United, Liverpool, uh, Chelsea, I think even City at one point. So for Spurs to have got him and we haven't yet seen what he's capable of, do you think under Antonio Conte, we are going to see the best of Ryan Sessegnon? Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, well, it starts with seeing some of him, doesn't it? I think we have to start there. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a real talent. He's still very, very young. Um, he has had a few injury issues and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, I remember we were excited when he first signed. It seems like a long time ago now, doesn't it? But, but you know, he, he seemed like he was he was coming to be a first-teamer. He was coming to, to make that difference in that position. Um, obviously, Reggie's come in since then. Um, but as Lee quite rightly pointed out, having that bit of competition down that side, I think, makes makes a lot of sense. I think Jaffet's got a, a lot of um, Tanganga on the other side. I think he's got a lot of potential and opportunity there. I, I think he can play anywhere down that right. I think he could he could play he could play that wing back role. You know, he, when he gets when he gets galloping, you know, he, he can he can knock the ball past the player and he can run. I mean, I know this isn't answering your question, but you know, Tanganga for me when when you know that that first game against City, yeah, this City season, yeah. it was yeah. world class. World he was class. he was he was amazing. Like, unbelievable. So I think, you know, we've got, and and again, very, very young. So, you know, we've got lots of, of youth um, and, and potential on, on, on both those sides, both those wings. Um, yeah, and hopefully we'll start, it will all start to click. But I think we need to, I think, hopefully, what I think has let us down before, it, I think under Poch, th- there was a family feel there. Like those boys, they were they were together and they loved each other and they loved the manager and they they it was all it was going amazingly well. Since then, I, I don't get that sense. I feel that there's a few sulkers in that dressing room. Yeah, I think it, feels, few, it feels Chris divided, doesn't it? It does feel it like does. a bit of a divide in there. Yeah. It really does. And I think for these youngsters to really improve and progress, I think there needs to be that harmonious dressing room where yeah. actually everybody's encouraging. Like if you're not in the team, you're still there. Like, come on, boys, let's get this. Yeah. You know, and when you get your chance, you take it. But you support the, you know, and I, and I feel that there's been a few fringe players that aren't getting the minutes that they want or 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 getting, you know, the, the time that they, they think they deserve. And they're not responding to it in the right way. And that has a really negative effect. And I think there's been a few cliques in that in that dressing room over the last few years, seasons. Um, so I, I think for these players to flourish, there needs to be that one one team, one squad, one direction mentality. Yeah. Yeah, Kane I, I, Kane's situation hasn't helped that though, is either, has it? That that situation. And I think, I think yeah, Hoiberg's gonna galvanise the dressing room. You can just see from I think Conte's gonna develop that relationship with him and uh, he'll be he'll be the glue that sticks the team together. Yeah, I think there's a real spot on point there to it's make it, Rich. Yeah, Rick, Rick, just coming on there, Rich and Chris, I think you're absolutely bang on. Like, 
we were talking the other day, weren't we, Rick, in the, in the WhatsApp group about, uh, you know, galvanising the squad and people being in, in, in the squad and, and so on and so forth. And, and, and actually, when Poch came in, I know everyone, uh, they're rolling their eyes. I know they are when they're talking about, uh, Lee's talking about Poch again. But when Poch first came in, we said this in the WhatsApp group the other day, he didn't have any superstars in there. He got rid of the superstars and he, and he just got honest, hard-working. I mean, Kane, for example, he had everything to prove, didn't he? When when Poch first came in, he was 21, 22, not, not really, you know, come through the banks. Now you've got a World Cup winning captain. You've got Kane, who's like the best in best number nine in the world. You've got him in Son. You've got different characters that you're having to manage, whereas actually you didn't have that four, five, six years ago. Are you with me? So... You have to build in a different way. And I actually generally think that Antonio Conte is the perfect manager for where we are right now. And, you know, if, if Daniel Levy and the board and, and Link back him in January, I, I think that we can go. I think we can go places, Rick. I generally do. Listen, as viewers, I think we can go places. But they have to be backed. Sorry, he has to be backed by the board this time around. And it is different, you know. Getting a tune out of Eric Dyer when he first came over, I think we signed him for, again, you have to put him for a month, three million quid, I think, for Sporting Lisbon. And he scored yeah. on his debut, if you remember. He played right back against West Ham. He scored on his debut. And getting a tune out of Eric Dyer back then was different to getting a tune out of Eric Dyer now. Right? This, this is a fella now that's been in the team for a long period of time. Uh, Victor Wanyama, Moussin Dembele, been in Champions League finals. It's a different tune. It's a different tune out of Winks. It's a different tune out of them long-standing players, even Canes, even Sons. And and that's where the job is very different to what it was four or five years ago. Does that make sense? It yeah, does. 100%. It does indeed. Uh, Lee, just finish. Part of the problem, I feel as well, like we're not we're not being decisive enough like in terms of bringing players in, but also the other way. Like if a player does not feature in your plans, yeah. they go. If you remember then, under Potch, I think Townsend... Threw his toys out of pram one day. Yeah, didn't want to do a warm down. He's gone. Trivia, yeah. like you know, something happened there. He's gone. Like maybe that was a, with hindsight, actually, it was a mistake. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That decisive. Right. I'm the manager now. Yeah, and if you you're with me or you're not, you're gone. And Spot that's there. You're your two Spot. options. And we need to go back to that because actually, yeah. some of these players actually, oh, and, yeah. and they're players that I so love. If they're not good for the place, they've got to go. Yeah, and Jock was on that point you said there. This is what makes it makes me laugh. I said this often, and I know Lee, I've said this to you as well. You know, you know, at Liverpool, City, United, Chelsea, I'd even dare and say Arsenal maybe, what players get three, four years at a club where they just haven't been consistently performing? If they're not good enough, you have to move them on. And I know Spurs, to be fair to Paratagia and Wolfson in the summer, we did move several players on. And we know <laughs> it's not easy. We know it's not easy. You know, we know Spurs are an attractive proposition for, for players. It's London-based. They do... Well, whatever people say about Spurs' wages, they still pay them really, really well. They are on a highly incentivised uh, wage. Whatever people think about the structure, um, they, like I say, got... And I know people are laughing I'm saying this. It is one of the best training grounds in the world. It's one of the best stadiums. It is not easy to find these players a move. It really isn't. You know, and some are screaming saying, why hasn't Winks gone? Why hasn't Delhi gone? Agreed, well, honestly, 100%. you know, it's not easy to get rid of players. And I think you have to take that into account. But um, a player that didn't really feature today, hasn't really featured so far under Conte, Delhi Ali. I know people are going, oh, God, why are you talking about Delhi? He did come on, so we will give him a couple of minutes. Uh, Lee, um, he replaced Lucas Mora, who also got a standing ovation from the crowd. We'll discuss more in a second. But um, 
Deli Ali, for you, um, a couple of minutes towards the end, does that read anything into the thinking of Conte there, or is it far too early to be making any judgment on the future of Deli? Bear in mind, we've seen reports that he's determined yeah. to get Deli back to his best in the Spurs shirt. Well, I think I think he has to say that, doesn't he? Like he has to say that he's going to get him back to his best and so on and so forth. Because if it doesn't work out in Spurs shirt, we we need to sell him. So you know he's not going to come out and say Delhi's finished, he's rubbish, this that, and the other, because it, it, it's not conducive to to a to a sell-on fee. But 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 equally in the same in, in that in that same breath, he's he's also almost giving him a pre-season, right? Everybody's kind of wiped the slate clean, and I know. That will annoy a lot of fans. It annoy a lot of people in our WhatsApp group, Rick, as well. But you know, the fact of the matter is, people need to be given a clean slate. Uh, Winks played what 92, 94 minutes today, and you know, Delhi Ali played four or five minutes or whatever it was. You know, um, you know, uh, Cessnion played, and Dembele he didn't get a shout today. He's worked Conte's work with Regulon for two weeks. He's worked yeah. with um, he's worked with Deli Ali for two weeks. He's worked with Winks for two weeks. He's worked with Undem Ballet for two weeks. All of them players that I've mentioned and plus 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 Cessignon, Tanganga, whatever they they've been there for that whole two weeks in the international break. Yet Chunga and Dembele are record signing and didn't go on a pitch today. So so when you say about Delhi, oh, what does it say about? Well, what does that say about Chunga and Dembele as well? So yeah, I think he's just trying to give people a clean slate. Delhi five minutes at the end, or well, ten minutes as it worked out to be. Yes, it's not really that significant. Didn't really do much, but we know. I'm a massive Delhi Ali fan. Right? Everyone that look, listens and watches this pod, they know that I'm a Delhi Ali fan. However, the best position that Delhi Ali plays is just off of Harry Kane. That that is his best position. Running the box late, getting in goals. Ironically, to finish the 13 winning streak of Antonio Conte's Chelsea a couple of years ago. It was Delhi's two headers late in the box from Christian Eriksen crosses that finished that off. And yeah. that's where he's at his best. So to play Delhi on the left or to play Delhi as a central midfield number eight, that's not his position. So we've got to find a position for him in that 3-4-3, which at the moment doesn't work. So Delhi coming on for five, ten minutes is maybe a token of, come on, I, I want to see what we can do. My question is, why isn't Tungbundam Bale even getting one minute tonight? after two weeks of being with Antonio Conte. Yeah, it's a, it's a fair point. I know with Delhi, it's um, one of those that... I mean, we'll do it very quickly because I know people... I mean, they're thinking, why we talk about Delhi because he only come on for a couple of minutes. Chris, very quickly, just your um, view on Delhi. Anything you want to add to Delhi? Ali, you probably have heard before or said before on Delhi. I, just, I, like, I, do, I drive my son. I've got three boys and, and we, we, you know, they, they're getting into their football now. The eldest is yeah. obviously more into it. But every yeah. time he comes on, I just... I just wouldn't it? Be, I just wish Delhi scores the winner and that kickstarts it all. Do you know, like I just, I, I, I root for him every time he, he, he yeah. gets on the pitch. I'm desperate for him to do well. It feels like last chance saloon. He's, he's, he, you know, I don't know what's happened there. I, don't, I, you know, I can't get my head around how how this has gone from, you know, him being, you know, just the, the most incredible talent with with more potential still. To, to a guy that can barely even trap a ball now. You know, his, his first touch is, is you know, it doesn't seem there. He's, it just There's so many different things going on there. Um, but I would love, I would dearly, dearly love to see him turn it around. But again, you know, football, you know, we are romantic about it and we do hold on to the past. But if it can't be, if it, if it doesn't work and it can't be changed, then, then the time is for him to go as, as sad as that would be. That's that's 
that's life, isn't it? You know, we've, we've lost players that we've loved dearly yeah. Many, you know, yeah, yeah. many, many, many times, you know, and, and yeah. it keeps happening. That's how it goes. But yeah, I, I, I just, I really hope because that's the, that's the position we need. That's the, you know, the, that, that role that he can play is yeah. the position we we're, really we're crying need. out for it. This is the most bizarre thing. We're, we're crying out for it. Rich, very quickly to summary on Daniele for you. Um, is there a chance under another new manager with Antonio Conte? Yeah, Ricky, you know that I love Delhi. Um, the issue with Delhi is that obviously his body language is terrible at the moment. He doesn't seem to be putting the, the effort in on the pitch. It's more off the pitch, I think. And that's been his problem for the last couple of years. Um, I don't know what's obviously gone off with regarding his fitness. I've, I've, I've followed Delhi social media wise. It looks like he's doing loads of good stuff in the gym. But there's something that's not translating. Is he not getting the messages that's needed? Obviously, Mourinho and Conte. It's totally different and totally different ways of managing players. Like I'm obviously watching the Amazon documentary. First thing that Mourinho says is, Delhi, you're lazy. You're yeah. the worst player in the team. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, his self-esteem went and they never recovered. Like I played a couple of games, good games, but never recovered really. Conte is going to be different. Believe me, he's going to be different. He's going to see the talent in the lad and he's going to give him a chance. But it's now up to Delhi to take take the chance with both arms and really go for it. Um, he's going to need a couple of games, a good one in the team, but it's where Conte fits him in. Like you said, Ricky, definitely don't put him out on, on the left or right. Mm, yeah. You need to be behind behind Harry or whoever. And I think use the, obviously, the cup competitions in trying to get, get the best out of Delhi and then bring him into the Premier League games. Yeah. Uh, Lee, let's come round to you. Let's talk about Spurs' uh, defence there, some of their performances. Uh, Javit Tanganga, he got 68 minutes under his belt today. He was on the right of the back three. Um, it was actually quite a solid display at the back on the whole. Didn't get much chance to go forward as Conte likes his wide centre-backs to do. Overall, Lee, watching him live, up close and personal, Javit Tanganga, um, do you think he will be a regular feature in Antonio's first eleven this season? I, I like Javit. I, I... You know, a lot of people gave him a stick against Crystal Palace when he got sent off. I actually, I know that sounds a bit weird, but I actually quite liked it. I like his aggressiveness in the tackle. I think I think the way he goes forward and, and, and approaches the game is, is really, um, I, I like it. I like the way his attitude is in the game. I actually thought he struggled today, to be honest. I thought, I didn't think he had a very good first half. Um, and then you know, maybe the second half was a little bit better, but th- there was quite a lot of space between him and Emerson Royale and actually Emerson Royale having to almost drag back or come backwards to be able to, um, you know, uh, uh, take that space away. Whereas actually what I wanted to see was Emerson Royale go forward and actually Jaffet and the rest of the defence, to be fair, push up. So I thought we struggled a little bit today, but I do like Jaffet on, on that side. Uh, again, you know, sorry, viewers and listeners and, and panel tonight, but on the WhatsApp group, I actually picked... Tanganga in my side um, like bearing in mind that Romero was out I thought you know I thought being with Conte for two weeks uh, of the international play as Tanganga would be I thought it would be a perfect uh, fit for today but again Sanchez comes on I think Sanchez does well do you know what I mean like he was very aggressive in the tackle in the headers going in for the certain things that he did on that right hand side so I think it's quite interesting to see how Antonio Conte is getting the players to think about Okay, not only your own game, but what's behind you. As in, yeah. if you don't do well, somebody else's. You know, like we said about Reggie and um, and Sessegnon. So I, I like Tanganga. I think he's got a lot to learn, and you know, I don't think he had his best game today. 
Guys, because um, of time, we're going to discuss, i say, the number of Spurs in centre-backs. Let's go to you, Chris, on uh, Eric Dyer, because he was forced into a, almost a quarterback role due to the absence of that midfield creativity. He was firing numerous long balls over the top with real limited success, I think it's fair to say today. Um, yeah, more success with his defending, though, with little getting past as we've already mentioned. At the other end, it was his defective free kick that led to Spurs going 2-1 up. Um, I've always wondered, Chris, for me, Dyer, if there's a way in which Conte can almost coach out of him that erratic mistake he has in almost every single game, does he still have the chance to go on to be a real decent Spurs centre-back alongside Romero? Do you think Conte can do that? Is that achievable? Yeah, I, 100%. I think, you know, I think Dyer gets a, a, a lot of stick and he, he's got a rick in him. He's got a mistake in him time and time again. But then you, you also look at uh, how much these boys have to do. Like how many, like, yeah, yes, he will always make a mistake. How many blocks, how many interceptions, how many last-ditch tackles, how many j- clearances does he do in and around that mistake? Like, yes, there is always a mistake there, but the, but he is he puts his body on the line. And if you look at, I mean, I think where, you know, in a, in a three, how much place is there for him? Because I think Romero is going to be the first choice there. And I think he's, he's looked really good since he's, he's come in. Um, but but I like Dyer. I think you know. I think in terms of leadership, in terms of that spine, in terms of that you know Hoiberg in front of him and, and him there, he's got that leadership skill. And I think yeah, I, I think if anyone can coach a few mistakes out of him, I think Conte will definitely. And I think Conte will like his style. I think there's you know there's a few sort of um, softer players in that squad, and I think. Dyer isn't one of them. I think he's, you know, I think Mourinho, when he first came in, you know, earmarked him as one of the more combative players. Um, you know, it, it, that general on the pitch that he likes, that, that, that Mourinho always wants, that Conte always wants as well. So I think there is definitely a future for him. Um, but whether there's a future in that three or not, I don't, not not as much, I would suggest. Yeah. Um, Rich, just come over to you. Uh, another of Spurs' centre-backs, they play as a left centre-back. Um, we had Ben Davis, who actually made a real important interception in his box around the half-hour mark. Almost got through at the other end in the second half, ironically. Um, he did allow James to get in behind him for the Leeds goal. And do you know the thing with, you know, Davis, I know we've all got this frustration. Davis is never going to be quick. He's never going <laughs> to... just about to say. He's not going to improve his pace overnight. And I no. think that's that we have to accept, right? So he is going to be on the, yeah. on the other side of things in terms of the pace... Can he do a job, Rich? Do you honestly believe he can do a job? In a yeah, he's a utility player. Yeah, he's a utility player for us, definitely. Um, I think sometimes he gets squared up a little bit when he when he plays. I, I watch it, watch him quite a bit, especially when he's playing with the likes of Dyer, and he just gets squared up a bit. So when somebody's running in behind, he's like that first couple of yards, he's like not on it. Um, so if you've got a quicker like centre back with him, obviously you can get out of that kind of bad situation. But I think the Dyer. Sanchez combination for me doesn't really work. I think you need somebody that's more experienced in there, like a general, to kind of really work the back the back uh, three. If we're playing a back three, Davis, I think that utility player is always going to come in, and whether he plays on uh, as a as a fullback or whether he plays as a centre back, that just depends on the circumstance of the team. He does a great job for Wales, not so good job for us. I think he's just a. Uh, just a, we haven't got anybody else better in that position. Um, like I say, Sanchez, Dyer for me don't really work together. I think it, it, too many mistakes. But what I did like in the second half is I saw Conte going, bring the ball out, bring the ball yeah, out. Spot, yeah. And that and that was something that we we haven't had this year at all. And I think yeah. he he possibly could have that 
especially with Romero, because he does that as well. Maybe one of them's going to go, the other one's going to sit. So both those together, I see that as a good combination if we don't buy another centre-back in January. Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting point you make there on that, Richie. It really is. Uh, Lee, let's come over to you. Um, Davidson Sanchez, he replaced Javik Tanganga. Uh, we just have 20 minutes to go. And to be fair to Davidson Sanchez, he won some real big headers in there, made some crunching tackles. And I'm going to be honest, I think he won everything that came his way, Sanchez. A real impressive 20-minute cameo. What did you think of him when he came on, Lee? Yeah, yeah no, exactly that. I totally agree with you, Mick. And, and also, not even in the air as well. It was the aggressiveness of him going to press going into ground, winning challenges on the ground as well. I, I, it was a, like, exactly what you said. Though. It was a really impressive 20-minute cameo. And I think that, again, that when we talked earlier about Regulon and Sessignon and the kind of that competition basis, I think it was very clever from Antonio Conte tonight or this afternoon to kind of put players in, take them off and say, right, OK, these are the types of individuals that you're up against. You want to have an opportunity in the... Like I said earlier, my mate Steffi said, it's like a pre-season for Antonio Conte. He's trying to get the players to play against each other, but also for each other. Does that make sense? So that competition for places was definitely there. I was impressed with Davison, to be fair. Yeah. Um, Emerson Royale, he got into plenty of attacking areas, used the ball well on some occasions, was beaten too easy by Harrison for Leeds' goal before the break. I think Emerson, I say, it's early stages for him. And, you know... It's still going to take a bit of time, I think, to you know get a use to the Premier League. I think his first week he had Zahar up against him. Then he had Chelsea. Then he went into that same international break. I think with Emerson, it will take some time. Um, Probably do want to discuss, coming over to you, Chris. Sorry, you pulled the short straw here. Uh, Harry Winks alongside Hoybier. Um, the duo sat <laughs> so deep in that first half that it appeared non-existent. Um, as with the Dane, did, to be fair to Winks, he upped the tempo in that second half and it was noticeably better. Um, Conte, after the game, said Wink struggled a lot with the rest of the team in the first half. Second half, he played with a lot of personality and played very well. You know what, Chris? Um, for right or wrong, you know, I've got the feeling that I think Conte um, is going to give Winks another chance. And I can see that that's going to spark off a, a massive reaction for our the comments in the, here on this show. But do you think, Chris, there's anything more of Winks's game that Conte's going to bring. Bear in mind when you see the development he's done with players, the likes of, um, I say, Victor Moses, uh, players that he's almost given a rebirth of their career. Can he do that with Winks? Uh, well, I mean, time will tell, I suppose. Let's let's hope he can. Let's hope he can get that. He just needs to find... I think he's just got to be a bit braver on the ball. I think that's 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 what it is. You know, I think sometimes his decision... I think he's got the he's got the ability. I think he's got the capability. I think there's 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 no lack in that, and there's no question in his desire. He's a Tottenham fan. He's you know he's he loves the club. You know, so he wants to do well. But I think it's just that, and maybe this is maybe this has crept into a lot of our players. Maybe you know that just that bravery on the ball, that decision making process sometimes isn't right. And I think with Winks, you know, it's you know there's there's a, there's a very Scotty Parker esque you know, play about him, you know, it's, I'll look, I'll have a look, I'll have a look, and then I'll give it back to whoever I'll give it him, or oh, sorry, whoever gave the ball to me, and invariably gets it back, you know, I mean, like when Aldevira was there, or Dyer's behind him, you know, they pass the ball to him, he does a 360, they get it back, you know, we need him to be breaking through those lines and, and picking those balls out, I mean, he's not going to, he's not, you know, he's not Glenn Hoddle, you know, we don't expect that from him, but, but maybe we have to, but then maybe that's, you know, maybe a lot of these short, some of the shortcomings of, of our players aren't all on them. Like some of it is 100%, but maybe it's, th- these guys aren't showing. 
you know, maybe maybe when they get the ball, they're not getting the options. Then, you know, and if so, he's coming too late or whatever. So, yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, it would be nice. You know, obviously, you know, we've got to have homegrown players. You know, to have a, a Tottenham, you know, Tottenham fans in the shirt is is is, is massively important. It counts for a lot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, fingers crossed, he can. Yeah, Rich has come over to you. Uh, another player that still divides opinion, despite he's giving us some of our greatest moments. Um, it's funny now when I speak to people about more like. Even above, even now online with Ajax now, they're now saying that the substitution of Nuno uh, bringing, him, bringing him off has <laughs> now been highlighted as one of his greatest moments. And it just shows you with Spurs like, the lack of trophies that we've had, that we're now bringing that as a, as a monumental moment. Um, but um, to be more right, I mean, he struggled to keep possession of the ball in that first half. Whenever we said that, but um, early second half, he played his part in chances for yeah. Kane. Son, because you continue to kick on as well, much better in that second half yeah. period. Teed up Hoybier for a leveller, won the free kick also for Spurs' second. And um, he was a real different prospect, I think, Rich, in that second half. He got a standard ovation yeah. when he came off. You yeah, know, for more, what's your thoughts all, on him? Because I, I love his passion. I love his passion. Yeah. And always, also, his work rate is always like he's wanting to run down those lines. Um, like you said, sometimes he's, he holds on to the ball for too long, but that was always the same as. The same as uh, Lamella when he was with us. He had the ball for too long and then with no end product. Well, at least we're getting that product end product with with Lucas. Um, I think that with Lucas, there's some something that Conte can work with there. I think he's he's got great potential. And yes, he's, he's, he's been with the club for a while now. But I still feel that last kind of, the last finishing kind of product for, for Lucas will be around kind of converting the rate of scoring because he's he, he, he score one or two and then he'll like, have 10 or 15 games without a goal. So to, yeah. to be on the team now, we need more end product. Going back to Harry Winks as well, I think we should move him on. I really think we should is move him time, on. Is it that time now? Yeah, so, so it's not good enough. I don't think it's good enough. Actually, mm-hmm. I, um, I think for me, if we're wanting top four, is Harry Winks a top four player? That's the question. That's a fair point. I mean, um, Lee, let's bring you in there because obviously we've discussed a couple of players there uh, since you've uh, done upstairs, downstairs, changing rooms. You've done a lot here in Saturday. Sorry, sorry. The scarf is on. Home. Okay. Can I just also pick up a comment here from Mink who says, that, Lee, next time there's a show, can you make sure you are home and do not go out? He was at the game. He was at the game, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Get criticised. So, you know, I'm, I'm, get, I'm, I'm getting powers. What do you want to do? I can, I can see you now. Look, I can put my glasses on. I can actually see you. <laughs> Lee, quickly, just um, yeah, on those players there, Lee, um, Mora especially, Lee, you know, a player that, you know, still divides a lot of opinions in a Spurs shirt. Do you think, is there another level Conte can take him to personally? I'm not sure, Rick, uh, lads, listeners, uh, viewers, I'm not sure. I, I think I think Lucas Mora hit his level in Ajax. I mean, I was, I was there with... with with a lot of people and it was it was absolutely phenomenal but he scored a brace against Manchester United he scored the goal against Barcelona to get us through to that Champions League out of that group that year he scored a, a wonderful hat-trick against Huddersfield when I was there at the stadium he has got moments but that's it that honestly guys that and girls that's it he's, he's got moments I saw him tonight live and, and you look at him and you think He's got all the attributes. He's got a low centre of gravity. He can he can drop his shoulder. He can go. He can, he's 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 fast. He's got pace. Amazing feet. Yeah, he always seems to kind of run into I don't know like a cul-de-sac or a dead end or or something. And it's 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 actually really frustrating. Some of the passing even from him as well. Like you look at him and people saying 
potentially he could be changed into a wing back, you know, under Conte. And I'm thinking, does he do crosses? Like, what, when was the last time Moore put a cross in that, mm. that, that he got an assist from? So yeah, when he's real dreading quality, yeah, 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 exactly. Do you know what I mean? So I don't want to be horrible. He's he's a he's a, a legend for the football club because of what he done with Ajax, and that is absolute. But. I think that's his level. I think he's done. I think he's done from that. We had a wonderful Tim Vickery on on Friday. You and John on the, on the last one on Spurs uh, interviewed with uh, with Tim Vickery. And he kind of said the same thing. Like, look, Lucas doesn't get in the Brazilian side. He, he's not an outstanding player. He'd done bits and bobs for PSG, which is why we kind of signed him in the first place. But that, I think that's his level. And I think if we're really going to be serious under Conte, and this is where we talk about backing managers, I think I think if we're really going to be serious under Conte, the likes of Lucas Moura, brilliant to bring off the bench, brilliant to have in your squad. But for me, he's not a starter. He doesn't do enough. If you look at his stats, I'm got him in front of me, blue book I've just got in, so forgive me, viewers and listeners. But <laughs> The famous blue book. Blue book. Blue book. book. <laughs> I, know. I haven't got it in front of me. But if you, if you look at it, I, I, I think off the top of my head, I think he scored something like, 16, 17 goals or something like that in Premier League and, and, and he may have got 10 assists or something. It, yeah, it's just not good enough. You're looking for that in a season, not in four seasons. I, I don't want to say yeah, no, no, that's fair. I mean, the, the thing with more is that I, you know, I think we all love is there's a real passion, there's a desire, there's a determination for the show. And I think if, if, if only we had players like that that would all show the same... We'd all, we'd all love that. But, I mean, ultimately, it's about quality. And um, that leads us very nicely on to our forwards. And um, we'll touch upon the main one at the moment that is still, I would say, dividing opinion amongst Spurs fans. Let's come to you, Chris. Um, Harry Kane. He was forced into a playmaker role in the first half due to Spurs' lack of creativity. He had a big chance to score early in the second half. was denied by the goalkeeper. He worked hard. He did show plenty of desire to battle for the ball, which I will say in this game. But... Even without the service he deserves, he did look exhausted in the mm. final stages. And, you know, not to his previous high stands in other seasons, but this was much better. He worked hard. And at times in that first half, Chris, he was almost Spurs' so avenue of creation. Do, do you think, Chris, we will see the best of Harry Kane this season under Conte? Yeah, no, I, th- I think we definitely will. I think, actually, this system will, you know, apart from maybe having that big gap behind him. I think, you know, people looking to build from the left and the right to supply him and and having him further up the pitch will work in his favour, certainly in terms of goals. I mean, he had the best season ever last year. He's a fabulous talent. There's no two ways about it. I think, obviously, some things have have obviously happened over the summer. Whatever that was, we'll never know, probably. But that's, you know, not... He's not hit the ground running. Um, but yeah, I think we saw glimpses of it today. I think we saw, you know, just getting that ball, you know, the shuffle to the left, to the right, the drop in the shoulder, you know, the, the, it's, he's coming. He was so unlucky not to score today. You know, last season he scored, he gets two, doesn't he? At least, you know, um, but, but that's the, you know, that's the best we've seen of him for, you know, in a, in a Tottenham shirt, um, all season. Uh, and yeah, it will definitely come. It, you know, it's it's almost unquestionable. What his long-term future is remains to be seen. But yeah. I think we'll definitely we'll definitely see uh the Harry Kane of old um in the in the running. And if you look at if you look at our next six, seven, even eight fixtures, you know, all winnable. 
you know, we could get a real head of steam. Yeah, and, yeah, and actually, yeah. You know, a bit of confidence in that team. He just needs to get that, you know, get, I mean, he has scored this season, I mean, one in the Premier League. He's had a few in the yeah. various cups and stuff, hasn't he? But he'll come, 100%. You know, how many times have we had this conversation, you know, about... We, about, we have, you know, I mean... Not I mean, personally, but... Yeah, you know. yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been doing the rounds for so long and I'm conscious of time. We also need to fit in a, a quick five minutes on Mora as well. Rich, um, Harry came for you. Um, I don't think we've had you on since what happened in the summer. And for someone like you that, you know, upholds such professionalism in terms of the way you approach... me off a little bit. Well, I mean, just that professional mentality, you know, and I know you were always a big Harry Kane fan. So do you look at him any differently now, bearing in mind what you are like as a person, the way you prepare for your events and what you do and the way almost you have that respect for the game and respect for how you you manage yourself? Yeah, and I don't think think he... um, Him or his team really gave the, the... the club enough respect around the honesty around what he wants to do. Um, I know there was meant to be a gentleman's agreement, blah, blah, blah. But obviously Levy was never going to sell him for any kind of money apart from what he wanted his asking price. Um, and then when that move wasn't going to happen, don't throw your your toys out of the pram. You need to get stuck in, man. I... I uh, even the England games recently, I thought he was actually sluggish. I think in the box, he scored all seven of his goals in the box, not really doing anything. The, the teams he was playing, he could have had 10 or 12, do you know what I mean? It's like, I, I just, I thought he was a little bit overweight. I thought, um, I didn't think he was sharp. Apart from, he had, he had loads of chances. Um, today, again, I think he ran out of a bit of gas towards the end because of yeah. the, the amount of work Conte wanted him to do. Um, but agree, you need yeah, to yeah. also remember that the likes of him, Sonny, have had to travel quite a bit over the last couple of days, and I think that's taken a bit of the zip out of the the bodies. Kane just really disappointed. At, at one stage, I was like, just get rid of him, just cash in, just get rid of him. Uh, you can't have people like that. And like I said about the rest of the team, other players have kind of followed his lead a little bit. If we're not playing, we're going to kind of sulk. No, yeah. pull your socks up. Get some work done, force your way back in the team. Um, I love what he's done to the, the, with the club, but it's time now to deliver on the pitch. Lee, thoughts for you on Harry Kane? We're going to discuss Son and then obviously discuss more very quickly. Um, do you see a, a difference in Kane, Lee, for you today? Is there much difference from... I mean, I personally thought he looked... To me, he looked a little bit off the pace. He looked unfit at times. It was almost at that moment where he's almost missing that final touch, that final shot. He just... There's a frustration around Kane. I felt it in that stadium today. There's real frustration at points where you think he's going to score, that he doesn't score. And it almost, I do feel for Kane now that he has got fans on his back like never before in his career. Can he overcome this like he's overcome previously about the fact that he was never going to be good enough to play for the club? Yeah, look, I I agree. I I think there is frustration with Kane. I think there's frustration with himself as well, like for for him being... there was times tonight in the stadium where you go, he's in a position, and you think he's just gonna, he's just gonna shoot, and he didn't shoot, and like, and and you think to yourself, okay, there's a position that he's in where he's gonna pass, and and then he didn't pass, and it's just decision making. Maybe it's confidence. I think it's very easy for us to make judgment. Richard would know this better than anyone, right? You're an absolute world class sports person yourself, right? So you'll know better than than any of us, but. The, Sometimes when your when your confidence is shot to pieces, it's difficult. Yeah, it's it is, is harder yeah, to 
you start snatching at shots, you, or you yeah, start... decision-making's um, different, yeah, right? Yeah, decision-making's wrong, or what, whatever it is, you know, you start making different decisions. And and I think that's where Harry is right now. You know, to score seven in the international break, I, I thought that he'd come back firing on all cylinders today. And actually, in the first half, it wasn't just Harry, was it? It was everybody. In the second half, I think it was also everybody. And I think he had a much better second half, uh, Harry, Harry did. But if you start getting your shots off early, if you start... Get, if he gets into, I, I remember Harry Kane. I'm, I'm not going to say it in his pomp, right? Because I still think he's there. I still think he's got his best years ahead of him, to be honest. But when when I remember Harry Kane against New Year's Day Chelsea, I'd be taking shots, rinsing, yeah, rinsing back four, like yeah. you know, absolutely. And John Cherry was on his back and whatever, and he and he'd get him, and he just. We're just not seeing that right now. And I, and I don't think that's because of pace. I don't think it's because of age. I don't think it's because of hamstrings. I think it's just confidence. And, and I think that, you know, he needs Conte to say, you're my man, you keep going. And he, he's still dropping them a little bit deeper. You know, I, I saw a touchline um, a conversation, not a spat. It was a conversation between Conte and Kane in the first half today, sort of telling him where to go and what to do. And I, I think I, I, I'm pretty... I'm. I believe that he was saying to him, stay up top, stay up top. Because the whole point, when you when you watch Chelsea today, Chelsea under Tuchel and the 3-4-3, which is what Conte is bringing to Tottenham and what he also brought to Chelsea, at times when they're attacking, the same with Liverpool against Arsenal this weekend, they had four or five red shirts or blue shirts in the opposition box. And it was very, very aggressive. And we're just not there yet. Like, that's where Conte wants to be. And... But but at times today we only had one or two white shirts in the box when we needed four or five, and that's the difference. And I think it will come. I, I generally think yeah. it will come. The big result for us today because yeah. we we were awful in the first half. Yeah. But to get where we are today, I'm looking at the stats. Finally got the blue book out, viewers and listeners. And <laughs> you know, four shots on target in the end, but we had yeah. no shots on target in the first half. That's yeah. that's what I said right at the beginning of the show. So it was a game of two halves. They're 43 yeah. percent possession at home against Leeds United. Sorry, that ain't good enough. But mm. I think all them sorts of things will come. Yeah, totally agree. Um, just on Son, he did work hard. A few runs that travelled Leeds with some shots off target, including one that was deflected off to the crossbar. Not one of his best matches for Spurs, but he looked a threat again at times. I mean, I think with Son, it's either, um, pardon the puns, we had the documentary on it, it's either all or nothing with Son. You either get absolutely everything or you get nothing. And again, a, a player that, listen, we know... Sonny on his day is still a world-class player. Um, we're sure he'll come good. Now, after the game, Antonio Conte said, we celebrated the win because we think it was a difficult win. I have a great passion and I want to transfer in all of these environments. He said, this is a point to start for the rest of the season. I'm sure we can have some good improvement for the rest of the season. We have a lot to fight for and we want to make our fans proud. Where we heard that before. Um and we are proud right now. I say we are proud. Um, Conte said at the start of the game, I was scared of the physical aspect. In the first half, we conceded the possession. The second half, we changed the plan tactically and put more pressure on every area of the pitch. And after the first half, our fans weren't satisfied with the football and neither was I. To have this reaction means you have to have heart and passion. And now we have to put this in every moment to improve. Um, interestingly, in terms of the top four, Conte resisted saying Spurs are back there fighting. He said, in this moment, there are four teams where there's a gap but I'm not scared about this. I trust my players and this squad. We want to fight and stay close in the position to fight for the Champions League. There you go. You heard that first there from Conte. Not ruling it out at all whatsoever. We should be very, very excited to come. Uh, we are going to go for our final just, break of the just show. Quickly, Rick, just quickly, Rick, on that. Just quickly. Sorry, because I'm back in the mix now. 
that is mass to me personally, that's hugely important. I'm fed yeah. up with managers coming out and saying we're miles away, we're not quite sure, I haven't got the right thing. I want to hear my manager saying, Yeah, we are gonna go for it. We are the outsiders, but we are gonna go for it. There's nothing wrong with being wrong. Like, you know, at the end of the day, people in this world today, they're too embarrassed to be wrong, like to be optimistic. Yeah. So what? Yeah. So what if you don't make it? At least we tried. You know, that's what I want to see. And I, I love the fact that I'm hearing Conte say top four, like Champions League places or winning stuff. That's where we need to be. That Our mentality of we're not good enough to get top four. Of course, yeah. you're not going to be. If everyone thinks we're not good enough, we ain't going to be good enough. But if we think we are going to be good enough, we go for it. Mm. If we miss out, so, okay, fair enough. But at least we gave it a go. Do you get what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. fed up with this, this negative rhetoric from some of our managers, which is, oh, we're not good enough to be there yet. Naff mm. off. We are good enough if we yeah. want to be good enough. Yeah, so then that, that's the key, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That, that, I think that is so the key, Lee, isn't it? I mean, if we, if we want to be good enough, we can be there. And, you know, United at the moment, it looks like they're going to appoint an interim manager. For me, there's a there's a spot up there for grabs in the Champions League, whoever can be consistent over the course of the 100%. next three, four months. If, if, yeah. if, if, our, if our fan base and, and the rest of the uh, rest of the Premier League and our players, most importantly, Conte and our players, think that West Ham aren't catchable, if they think oh, that you know, we yeah, can't beat Manchester United, if we think we can't turn over Arsenal, you know, we've got a problem. You know what I mean? At the end of the yeah. day, that, that they are turning... Look, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, if, if we finish above any of them three, we would have done an amazing oh, yeah, season because yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they are on a different level. But yeah. yes, one into four, one into five, one into six is tough, but it does go and, and yeah. we are in the mixer. We are indeed. We certainly are here, Portland Antonio Conte. Um, like I say, for our listeners on audio, we're going to go for our final break of the show. Taking into this break, you're going to hear from a couple of uh, podcasters that have very kind of given us up their time to preview uh, NS Mora to come on Thursday night. Hi there. My name is Richard Wilson of the History of Yugoslav Football Podcast, and I'm here to talk about the Mura side of things ahead of the Conference League game against Spurs this week being held in Maribor. Ordinarily, I'm sure these sort of segments will start off with some just noting about Mura's recent form, but as we come off the international break, it's actually important to note that Mura haven't had a league game uh, prior to this, so they will be coming in straight off two and a half weeks of rest um, after their scheduled league game with Olympia Ljubljana uh, was cancelled two hours before kickoff uh, this weekend after a COVID outbreak in the Olympia squad. What that means is that um, a couple of little injuries and bits and bobs that have been going through the Mura squad um, because of their fairly intense schedule from you know, through the very first round of Champions League qualifying way back in July through to now, um, it's given them time to, to rest up, to heal up. And um, it's one of those where I think very much depending on your view of how football should be would be whether you view it as a positive for them to get rest and extra time on the training ground or whether you view it as uh, something that'll leave them a bit rusty uh, we'll certainly see on uh, Thursday night that whether they views it for training or whether they're rusty or not is probably not going to be too material as we'll go into um, in terms of the side that will actually start the game against um, Spurs it's going to be pretty similar uh, to the side we saw in the first game in London um, you know very much based around being hard to break down 
uh, trying to keep themselves competitive and how being able to pose a threat from distance. One player who will be available for this game that wasn't um, for the first one will be uh, midfielder Luka Popacanic, who uh, you know, has missed most of the season, but I think most people in Slovenia would argue that he is the best player in the side and, you know, when informed, the best player in the league. Uh, one that will be missing uh, will be uh, Shika Skoflek, uh, the winger. Um, he's going to be out for a little while, but otherwise uh, the squad itself is pretty... Uh, pretty fine. I mean, we will see probably Abradovic in goal, uh, Grench, Karnichnik, Mushko at the back. Um, then you tend to be mixing it up uh, in terms of their midfield and attacking formation, in terms of playing people out of position. Um, see, as we saw, Sigurdsson uh, scored the incredible goal in London, but ordinarily he's normally playing right back, uh, but he's been pushed up into the midfield. We'll probably see Kos. Uh, Clemens Durm as sort of the wide midfielders but probably more acting as, as wing backs then in the middle Kozar Horvat and up front as a three but you know it's probably going to be a sort of a three four three zero um would be I would expect uh Lotrich Marosha and Klepach who they tended to lean on for this sort of game um in terms of how the first game went uh, obviously it was a different era uh, in terms of it being the Nuno era rather than the Conte era and what we saw in that match was that Spurs got up themselves ahead very quickly thanks to um, the early penalty and you know, see from that thanks to early defensive sins from Mura. Um, once they had got themselves two goals up they promptly took the foot off the pedal and let Mura get back into it and you know the biggest um, the biggest way to measure Mura's success in that game was that Harry Kane and Son Heung-min had to come off the bench and Spurs had to you know, put the big guns on to be able to get through that game um, which you know, is for a side like Mura where you know, the value of the side you know, if, you, if, you go, if you put any said in transfer market the value of the side the value of the league is smaller than that of some of Spurs' Uh, players, you know, it, it's a real credit that they were able to push Spurs that much. They will certainly hope to do so again. Um, I think we won't see a repeat of the yeah, of the headless chickens of the first ten minutes in London. Um, I think it will be a tighter game at the start, uh, and that will probably mean that Spurs are able to, you know, impose themselves a little bit more weirdly um, because the game won't be won after 10-15 minutes. Um, while the result in London of 5-1 to Spurs was very much the result that people expected, it probably wasn't the way that people expected it to be gotten to in terms of the general narrative of the game. I think this will be a bit tighter. Um, I think, again, if Mura can score, that's going to be really their, the, probably the limit of their ambitions. Uh, if they were to get a win, then you know, it would be one of the most infamous results in Spurs' European history, uh, if not their entire history, particularly given you know, that for Spurs this is a game that actually has real implications towards qualification, uh, never mind the benefit of winning the group. I think we'll see maybe 3-1 to Spurs would be my guess for this game, but again, with them knowing that they've been in a bit of a game. But either way, we certainly look forward with bated breath 
as to what we're going to find out on Thursday. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51, powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. Mura is heading to their last home game in this European season with the belief of making a possible surprise which would be even even a possible draw, obviously, and a possible home victory would be a typical sensation, of course. So home coach Ante Shimunja is thinking about a possible surprise, even though he's already turned his focus and even thoughts to the Slovenian Championship a long time ago. However, the club for the small town of Murska Sobota is obviously aware that the role of the absolute favourite belongs to the London side, which is still... I mean, the first candidate to win the Group G. But you know, we have already seen even bigger surprises in the past than would be a possible draw for Mura against Spurs. However, it needs to be said that the Slovenian club had a bad experience at the weekend, as Mura was left without playing a match in the national championship. What was all about? Uh, Olympia Ljubljana had many positive cases for the new coronavirus. I mean... As many as 12 Olympia players were tested positive, so the match between Olympia and Mura was postponed. Well, this could be good or bad issue for Mura, but it is closer to claiming that it is a negative issue, as coach Shimonja would rather play the match. He was very angry at the league, as the club found out about the cancellation just a few hours before the kickoff. So, what we, do, we should say something on tactics too, of course. Uh, coach Shimonja changed the playing system after the first game in London and he played differently against the French side Rennes I mean less openly and more focus, focused on the positive result so Mura is supposed to stay with the 5-3-2 or 4-5-1 system even in a match against Spurs the match will take place, place at the Lutsky Wirt Stadium in Maribor not at the Fazaneria Stadium in Murska Sobota since the latter does not meet all UEFA requirements. But even so, Mura will want to give a good game to the fans and at least try to catch kind of a sensation, which would be even a possible draw, of course. So just to get uh, some thoughts, predictions ahead of Mura to come on Thursday. Chris, we're going to start with you. Uh, Chris, are you expecting changes? And let's get your prediction ahead of this one. I think we probably will see some changes. Uh, although, actually, having said that, the last you know Europa conference, he, he picked the same team, didn't he? So, um, I think I think we probably will see some changes. I think, especially as he's starting to work the boys harder. You know, they've they've played four, lost four. Although we have made hard work of our away games in this in this competition, but uh, yeah, I think I think we win this, and I think actually we go on to to win maybe our next half a dozen games actually on the bounce. Uh, I think I think we could go on a real run and, and hopefully if we can get the you know the, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium rocking and get you know which we've not had we've not had a run there where people are going week in, week out and seeing some good football, I think, you know, the, we can un- unleash it and, and, and really sort of, you know, onto bigger things. Chris, we'll also get a question from you as well here. Ben Taylor says, what are your thoughts about Conte's overall use of substitutions today? I found it quite interesting in terms of who he does, who he doesn't trust. Will that also play his part as well as Thursday? Chris, do you think we'll get an insight into maybe the players that 
aren't particularly in his plans, depending on his selection on Thursday? I think it will be very telling. Yeah, I think if we don't see certain players, if we didn't see him today and then we don't see him on Thursday, I think that that speaks volumes, doesn't it? Um, so it is going to be interesting. I thought his substitutions today were okay. They were sort of pretty much like for like in, in the in the most part. There wasn't a great deal of of you know personnel change in terms of changing the formation or anything. The the, the football improved, and I think we we closed the gaps. Um, but yeah, he's just sounding it out, isn't he? It's very early days for him. So yeah, he's got to, he's got to see. Who, who can play where, and, and everybody's learning a new system under him as well. So there's there's lots lots to see, and it's going to be interesting. And it, and he'll, I think he he seems to be a person that makes his mind up pretty quick. I don't, he, he doesn't seem no, to strike yeah. me as a particularly indecisive man. So I think no. you get you don't get tons of chances with him by from my opinion. But we'll see. Totally agree. We're going to come around in a second, Chris, to get your prediction as we look to close the show. Let's go to you next, Rich. Um, Thursday. What do you think we're going to see, Rich, in terms of changes? You know, we saw, of course, like Chris said there, that um, he went pretty strong before in the Europa League. I mean, that might have been based on the opposition and the fact that we needed to... I said, you know, I said Europa League there. I'm already upgrading us. This is the problem. <laughs> this year. Sorry, Europa Conference League. I promise listeners and viewers, it hopefully won't be for too long. Um, but, Rich, honestly, um, in terms of changes, bearing in mind, Chris said that we did go fairly strong in the previous yeah. group stage game. I want yeah, to change the thoughts now because maybe we're almost... I want to say on our way to being home in that group now. We should, like I say, go through, regardless of whether first or second. Do you think that'll play a part into how he manages that game Thursday? Oh, yeah, exactly. And also, depending on how he wants to uh, develop some of the players in some of the positions. So he might just um, utilise those games as as uh, trying to experiment with some uh, systems, maybe. Um, I think it's really important that we obviously value that as a, cl- a cup competition. But also, contest come in now. And there's going to be some players that he needs to have a closer look at to then make those decisions because he's going to start plotting, obviously, who he's going to move move on in January or who he's going to actually value within the squad. Yeah, fair point. And I must say, someone's actually created me that second doesn't qualify. So apparently we have to finish top. So, uh, I mean, having said that, Lee, coming over to you, then maybe it is important that we do, like I say, in terms of going for this group, do go fairly strong. Keith Browning actually there putting that out with a playoff a drop down for second place. I mean, I think, bearing in mind, if we still remain in, obviously, all four cup competitions, I'm talking, obviously, obviously Conference League, uh, Premier League, FA Cup, uh, League Cup, going for maybe a playoff isn't maybe ideal to the fixture schedule we've got to come for maybe uh, January, February time, right? So maybe it is importantly to kind of get this group done and dusted fairly soon. Would you go fairly strong on Thursday on that basis? Yeah, I'd go pretty strong, to be honest, because you know, it's really interesting how my personal views, I'm going to talk about my own personal views, everyone else has their own, but you know, when when the season's first started, I thought to myself, we haven't got a strong enough squad to go for all four competitions. Um, you know, I'm not really bothered about Europa Conference League. You know, I'm, I'm happy to play the uh, development squad, and if it needs to be a development squad, then play the development squad. Um, what's interesting now is with Antonio Conte, I don't know, Saints completely change and you think the serial winner and he wants to win stuff and you think, look, we are where we are. It's only one more win and we top the group, I think, or, or maybe two. I might have got that wrong. I think we've got Moore away, which, by the way, I was meant to go into uh, this week uh, with the amazing Chris Cowell and me and Chris on a road trip um, or on a flight trip or on a Slovenia trip or whatever it might be. But I didn't end up getting a ticket, to be fair. So it was a nightmare. But So I can't go this week. But, um, but 
if we get three points from Mura and then we've got Rens, I think it is it at home, isn't it? You know, we're done. Yeah. We, we, yeah. We've, we've won the group. And all of a sudden, you're into a situation where you're kind of like, you've got four games and then you hit a final. So you may as well go for it. We've got West Ham, massive game. They've just lost, obviously, uh, to, to Wolves. Uh, with Antonio Conte, with Nuno at the helm, you're thinking, God, we're going to get battered. With Antonio Conte, you're thinking, okay, we've got a chance now. So that gets you into the what? Into the semi-final, doesn't it? If you if you if you beat uh, West Ham, I think after today, now we had ten before today. We had ten Premier League games before New Year's Day. That's mental. Like think about that in terms of yeah. like how 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 quickly that's going to go. So we've got three points under the belt. That's nine games left. That's another twenty-seven points up for grabs before New Year's Day. Winnable games that are coming up. We've got to go for it. And, this is what it's about. Like being a being a Tottenham fan, being a sports fan, being a football fan. This is what it's about. You want to see your team doing well and progress, and and play well and do the right things. And and if we can get three points and another three points, another three points, and and progress, all of a sudden that momentum starts to build. Do, do you get what I mean, Rick? So for for me, it is massively important that we weirdly that I'm contradicting myself from earlier, but we go we go strong against Mura. Yeah. And we get through and we get the three points and we go again and we go again and we go again because 13 games after the, well, it's 12 games now because we just played tonight, but 13, 12 games after that, you'll really know where we are in the league. And I agree. Yeah. Again, Conte showed us, and I know you, I've used this earlier, but Conte showed us when he was at Chelsea that 13 game winning streak that we ended up. Uh, um, ending with Deli Alley's two headers from the Christian Eriksen uh, identical crosses uh, all, all the way back in the day. That one in the title, then 13 game winning streak on the trot, one on the top. That's all we need to do. If we can go again, 11, 12 games and don't lose, we're in the mix, no doubt. We are indeed. We are. Lots of excitement to come. Um, let's, as I say, start closing the show. Chris is coming to you. Uh, prediction, Chris, for Thursday. What are you going for? 3 0. 3 0 Spurs. Lovely. Rich? What are we going for? Yeah, I was going to go for the same. I'll go, I'll go yeah, uh, 4-1 then. 4-1. All these goals are coming now. After that first half where we were... How many, oh, was it 284 minutes? Right? That's <laughs> All these goals are coming out. Uh, do you know I'll join Chris, a party. Let's... Chris went for 3-0 and then Rich changed it to 4-1 and I was going to change it to 4-1. So I'm still going to stick with 4-1, I think. I think we're. I think it's going to be a hammering. Absolutely okay. hammering. I think we're going to go 1-4 Tottenham. Fantastic. I'm going to join the party. Let's go. Let's go crazy. Let's go 5 1. Let's just go for it. Let's go for it. Um, <laughs> honestly, <probably> 1-0. <laughs> I tell you, honestly, it's been such a pleasure having, I'd say, alongside me. We've had the great Chris and Rich join us. Uh, Chris, where can people find your content? What you do? Where can we find you, Chris? It's been a great debut. I want to say a Danny Rose debut, must add. Uh, well, thank you very much. Um, I'm, not, I'm not prolific on social media, but I am on there Instagram, Twitter, uh, Chris.Bavin or Chris some. Thing, Bavin. So you can find me on there. Uh, we just finished a new series of Eat Well for Less. Um, series eight that'll be out uh, early next year. Um, and yeah, lots lots of other things in the pipeline. So yeah, I've got I've got COVID, so I've got to get over that first. But um, oh, mate, apart from that, I'm uh, I'm I'm all right. We wish you well, mate, on behalf of the team. We wish you well. Let's say speedy recovery. Uh, I'm sure, like I say, being on this now, Nuno will be in, uh, Nuno. Hopefully, it's not Nuno. Hopefully, Antonio will be in touch, asking you uh, lots of. Uh, Pro, <laughs> I'm going to say schedules to come and what's to come. My God, Rich, lovely to have you back on. I know it's been a very busy, busy uh, what, last six to 12 months for you. Um, yeah. What else is in the diary, Rich? Anything else you can enlighten us with to come? Or is it now um, a break for you? Yeah, no, I've got a little bit of a break, but um, 
Yeah, in uh, January, I've got Hunter coming out with uh, you and Thomas. So that's on Channel 4. And then uh, Celebrity Chase, I did that a couple of weeks ago. So that's out in a couple of weeks. Um, and then just, yeah, spending lots of time watching the, the Spurs. And then you can follow me. Everybody knows, like Marathon Champ on like, Twitter. And then obviously my name on, obviously, Instagram. It's good to connect with everybody. But yeah, let's hope for some momentum, hey? Oh, I hope so. Joe, I couldn't help what you saying that, Rich, listening off what you've been on there. And uh, Harry Redknapp's appearance on uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. I don't know if you've actually seen that. Obviously, Harry walks away with absolutely nothing. The first person um, under the new host, which I'm sure you'll tell me who that host is now, because I tell you, my, uh, my lack of understanding TV. Yeah, Carson, totally. isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Harry, Carson, yeah. I mean, he's blamed Jamie the fact that he walked away because he thought it was maybe a... Um, Almost a, maybe a trick question, but uh, yeah, I, I couldn't quite believe it. But, uh, Mate, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you, right? I'm I'm not, I'm not the uh, the brightest button <laughs> in, the, yeah. in the box or the brightest, uh, you know, whatever the saying is. Clearly, I don't even know what the saying is. I, I went on uh, that um, pointless show, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, a few years ago, and I was absolutely woeful. I went on with an amazing <laughs> Yasmin, right, who won the series five of the Apprentice the year after yeah. I won it, and we went on as a couple. And uh, and we were sh- we were shocking, right? Not being funny. So, well, big up to Richard, man, for going on the the, the chase because that is yeah, seriously yeah. difficult uh, yeah. to do. So, so yeah, big up to, to these people that are doing that for charity and all that sort of stuff. Uh, absolutely love it. Absolutely love yeah. it. And Chris, I've had COVID as well, mate. So I feel your pain. Now. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. you get better ASAP, mate, because it is, yeah. is not the best thing to have, is it? Well, I mean, yeah, I feel terrible now because I've come on looking like a bag of horse name, and you look amazing. I need you. I need the. I've been in the Uber, and I for like the last two hours. So again, <laughs> massive, massive apologies to the listeners and to the viewers as well. I'm so sorry. For being I think I loved it. I've come back yeah. from the game today. What do you want me to do, man? It's, it's the top, right? So what but, do you want me to yeah, do? I mean, my only concern is on the back of Richard. Now you come on. Now, I'm thinking we're going to end up doing these shows eventually. I mean, we're going to have people <laughs> on the mountains where it's going. But um, <laughs> always a pleasure. Always great, guys, and always love talking to Tottenham. Of course, guys, we are back on Thursday for instant reaction to Tottenham Hotspur in the Europa Conference League. As always, to Chris, to Richard, to Lee. Guys, most importantly, keep safe, keep well. And as always, come on you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.